0: and now are we live um let me think yes
1: i think so it says live up in that corner
0: it does it also says zero zero which is impossible yeah it's impossible because i know mark garney's here somewhere though he wrote i'm going to be turning off Kistery halfway through to listen to you guys tonight i didn't want to but i flipped a coin I don't know which one he didn't want to do. Did he not want to listen to us? Probably. Or did he not want to I can't blame history?
1: Him. I can't blame him.
0: <laughs> I don't want to listen to me. I'm tired and I'm cranky.
1: What else is new?
0: I'm usually just cranky.
1: Yeah, you're always cranky.
0: The tired portion is, is I'm new. never cranky. No,
1: you're smooth as butter. Yep. What do always. you always say? You're inconsolable.
0: Yes. When you are angry... <laughs> When you're in a bad mood, dude, there is no stopping you. Like, <laughs> when Nick gets angry, it's just like, <laughs> Nick, here's a million dollars and a hand job. <laughs> like, uh, okay. Uh, here's two million dollars and a bevy of virgins at your disposal. <laughs> like, all right, man. Cool. <laughs> you know, I mean, what do you. Exactly. What, what, like, what, do you, what do you say to that? You can't say anything to that. All I can say is that I'm waiting for the third person to show up, and then this way we can start this MF,
1: otherwise known as
0: Mooger M- M- M-
1: What happened to uh, Jeff and uh, John and all those guys that were wa- and Patty that were watching every episode at the beginning? I don't know.
0: Well, it's just like anything else. It's like a new toy. And then you get sick of the new toy, and then eventually you come back to the new toy. Jeff is in Texas. So he's he's visiting family. John Byrne, who knows where John Byrne is? I know where John Byrne isn't. He's he not isn't here. On YouTube watching this.
1: He's not and- <laughs> here.
0: Man. <laughs> but I will oh, we got three. All right, let's start this now. All right. Cover to Covered is a podcast that features two idiots talking about music at length, and occasionally a dog does make an appearance. There will also be special guests from time to time that will show up, and they will be smarter than the hosts. And the hosts will give their opinions. By the way, they are exactly that. Opinions. They are not truths. They are not fallacies. And they do not reflect the views or opinions of their employers or those they employ. So with that, just enjoy the damn show.
1: Did I see Wayne Cochran in that intro? Uh
0: it's very possible.
1: The guy with the big white hair? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> he was there.
0: He was there. He was there and accounted for. So. That's a good
1: one. You ever seen live footage of him? He was killer no. back in the day. You know,
0: that's the only time he had was back in the day.
1: No, he's still alive, so, actually. Or he was. Last time I checked. Well. But back in the
0: day, it was the only time he had a career. Yeah, that's true. You know, so and uh, Roger, two- of course, knows that like we're on because now he's gone into like hyper mode with the play with me toy thing. But anyway, I digress.
1: Play with me by extreme. That's yeah. a terrible song. That's a this song no, sucks for not. sure. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, that it's not. Awful. No, it's not. It's a great tune. Oh, they say Ali Ali free in it. That's a terrible a song. Cool. Oh. That's a stupid song. We're an hour and a half ahead
0: of where we need to be for that. Right don't get my dander up just yet. It's already up. I just spent three days with the yachtly crew. Uh, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Did you t-
1: did you tell them that dreams is terrible?
0: Well, uh, I didn't have to. They, you know, because even uh, when I was when I was with them, I was hanging out, and like you know, Baba was just like, "Yeah, man, he was definitely." You know, when your friend said it, yeah, he was right. Yeah, he's like stretching, <laughs> he's stretching, and then Rob's uh, sailor's like, like oh, just stop it,
1: just stop it. I was so glad he agreed with me on that. That Baba yeah. agreed with me.
0: It was three out of it was three to one. It was definitely uh, three uh, to yeah. One. That's
1: right. You're on my side on that. I'm
0: on your side, not as violently as you. Uh. not 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 you. Like if if it was like a toilet, you would shit in it. Yep. um actually if dreams was a toilet you would shit on the side of it and leave it behind for somebody else to clean up <laughs> like that's how much I know you hate that me and, I would just urinate in the toilet
1: so. and let's just make sure everybody knows I'm talking about dreams Van Halen not dreams Fleetwood Mac or these dreams Which is, by heart or no both much better songs than dreams Van Halen
0: truth or or uh, Dream On or anything else with dream we should do a dream episode songs with Dream.
1: <laughs> we just went through uh, all of them
0: <laughs> yeah that's it
1: we're done <laughs> good episode See you next all week. right run the outro
0: right. <laughs> was it time for this song sucks what are we doing yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> so uh welcome back to the show for those of you the four of you that are watching now my name is mike that is nick nick what store do you own
1: rock city music company
0: where can we find you well where if is you're- it?
1: It's in Livonia, Michigan. So if you're local to us, you can find us at Five Mile and Farmington Road, right on the corner there. If you're and not if you're local, not- <laughs> yes, you can go to RockCityMusicCo.com or you can hit any of our social media channels at Rock City Music Co. And I just want to hit and say we have a big brand announcement coming next week. So Uh-oh. if you're into gear, keep an eye out. I know what it is. I think you do yep i do i know exactly what it
0: is yep in fact i was with one of their signature artists last week ah then you do know what it is i know exactly what it is (laughs) uh (laughs) i ain't no dummy ain't no No. uh well i mean that's up for five cross your (laughs) lip i mean i did just spend the past three days with yally so uh that that is debatable as far as like (laughs) spending my time wisely
1: um, wait, get Mark Garney Get the Funk Out is a great song It is He's uh, right And look, He-Man Woman Hater That
0: song is great too Look, you, you're not going to get me to say that The first two extreme albums that Alright, wait You know up, what, if up. you like Before them, I get the Funk Out Listen If you don't like what you're hearing me say
1: Get the, <laughs> get funk, the out. funk Out
0: Get the Funk Out Get the Funk Out My house
1: Uh, (laughs) That's two live crew. I like that better.
0: No, no, he actually says it in the song. Yes, yeah, yeah. Get the funk out of my house, but yeah, but get the fuck out. Yes, that is two live crew, and And it's also
1: Skid Row. They're both good ones. Yes, it's (laughs) they're both better than get the funk out for sure.
0: Uh, what I about how they brought
1: Pat Travers in for, on that song just to sing that pre-chorus? No Pat Travers guitar playing, just just to sing the pre-chorus.
0: He's a Boston guy. What do you want? They're
1: but from Boston, he's a killer guitar player. Why isn't he playing guitar on there? Because Nuno Betancourt's an amazing guitar player, and that was fine. They didn't need more. I don't know.
0: It's not extreme featuring Pat Travers. It was funny. They had Pat Travers and Pat
1: Badger. Yep. See he he was the drummer, right? No, he was a bass player. What, wasn't it the drummer that went on to like manage Seven Dust and like a yep. bunch of other bands? Yeah.
0: Yep, 100%. Paul Geary. So Paul Geary, uh, that was it. Yeah. yeah. So I've I I we have mutual friends and I've met Paul on many occasions. A really nice guy, really great guy. And uh, the way I was introduced to him was as follows. <laughs> Hey, Mike, I want you to meet Paul Geary. You may remember Paul Geary from his drumming on More Than Words.
1: <laughs> That's funny. To I which like Paul that. Paul
0: just did a side eye.
1: <laughs> he, he almost let a rotten apple spoil his fun. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Ah, see? See? You like the song. You can't say you don't. If you're quoting the whole tune, you know? It's better than Play With Me. Dude!
0: Come All on, right. the guitar playing on Di-grass. that song is fantastic. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's it, great. It's, it's great. So Just ask
1: Nuno. He'll tell you how great it is. Oh, shut up.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> moving on. So this episode we're going to talk about, it's more like a, 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 I call it a vinyl buyer's guide, but it's not necessarily a buyer's guide. As more as it is an instructional video and what to look for. And when you are looking, especially if you're a newbie to this whole thing, when I was a newbie in, into collecting, I didn't know what anything meant. Mm -hmm. All right. There's lots of initials and, you know, symbols and people doing magic,
1: which are are all open to interpretation.
0: Exactly. Which is why we're talking about it tonight. And we're going to show some things that I have some records here to kind of describe what conditions might be. Now, that might not translate visually to those of you that are listening to the audio only, but we'll describe as we go. Uh, But before we get there, a few things. Number one, Nick, what are you listening to?
1: so uh i talked about it on the uh, on the show a couple of weeks ago the um vinyl me please version of jailbreak that came out thin lizzie jailbreak mm-hmm. came out uh for their record of the month last month is just absolutely dynamite i mean this is what a record uh what a reissue should be i mean replicated packaging all analog cut it sounds incredible i can't say enough good things about about the sonic quality of it so i've been playing the hell out of that i've listened to it six or seven times in the last couple of weeks also I finally was able to get a copy of the 1972 EP from the Black Crows that came out earlier yeah, earlier this year, uh, which is all covers. They do Rocks Off by the Stones, uh, Moon Age Daydream by David Bowie. Um, there's a Little Feet tune on there. Uh, Papa Was a Rolling Stone. A couple other great ones. Uh, that is fantastic. If you can find a copy, they did a very limited run of it, and uh, I just happened to come across one, so that's great. And then uh, Mike... I was going to bring this up. Have you read uh, Martin Popoff's book on Rush, that three-part series book? No, I have not. I have to, though i just started uh i i listened to books on audible um and i just started listening to the first part which is called anthem and it's very in-depth i mean it goes through the whole history of the band talks to everybody and i'm right in where uh they just got signed by mercury but uh that of course led me down the rabbit hole of listening to the first rush record which is such a forgotten uh record in the sense of that uh, obviously neil's not on it um and they're way more of a dirty blues rock band of course everybody knows working man but so many great songs on there in the mood um well finding my way finding my way yeah just kick
0: off the album exactly So
1: i love hearing that record i I come around to it every couple of years just because it's so easy to get wrapped up in in you know farewell to kings and hemispheres and moving pictures and all those great that like clinical rush records but just a straightforward down and dirty rock record. That it's first Rush rock. album is, yeah, is amazing. So I've been playing, I've been playing that a bunch. Yeah. Now that, that album's great. I mean, I can go, I can wax poetic on Rush and we'll
0: have a Rush episode at some point, you know, because, yes, it's just what we'll do. But, uh, but yeah, that first Rush album is, is, very different than any other rush album that came after it yes. in a lot of ways yes uh and really i mean if you listen to it and you close your eyes and nobody told you it was rush and you didn't know any better you might think led zeppelin you know yeah. at times you may think a little black sabbath at times you know uh but very a lot of led Zeppelin-esque,
1: a lot of deep purple and uh uriah heap influence yep. there too with the with the grooves yep. and and things like that truth absolutely
0: uh no that's all awesome i've been listening to a couple of different things that have been uh speaking of rush uh one of them i got one of my grails in the mail the other day
1: here we go and i saw the go. post yep yeah. here we
0: go roll the bones now this is og
1: that's this amazing because because you almost bought a beautiful 200 gram copy from me almost. that i got it and then you said no i'm gonna wait for an og so i'm glad you got one i found an og i'll still buy a 200 gram why
0: <laughs> it doesn't sound that great no it can't <laughs> it doesn't it just doesn't you know is it bad no but it's blurry like that's yeah. the best way that i can describe it and we'll talk about things like this today as well but one really cool thing it was funny i went to go put it on i wanted to hear the first song dreamline you know it's the first single off the album's first song on on the album um and uh You know, as you do, you take it out and you look at both sides and you're like, all right, let's put on side one. And so I had side two and I flipped it over naturally thinking it was side one. And I put it on the turntable and I cleaned it off and I put on the needle and it was side two. I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) I take the needle off. I take the record off the turntable. I flip it over. It's side two. So it's a misprint. It's actually both labels are side two. Wow. The record is correct. Okay. The record is correct. It is side one and side two, but the label is incorrect. Both are side two. So that was an unexpected kind of hiccup that I actually really dig.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You
0: know, and another reason why I needed 200 gram copy, um, which, by the way, I have counterparts 200 gram copy on its way right now. It'll be here Friday.
1: I think I have that too. And I have tests for Echo still. That I'm
0: going to get from you. Because
1: you can't find that anywhere. No. Um, so, yeah, I've
0: been listening to that. Uh, I've also been listening to the uh, first Clerks soundtrack a lot. Oh, yeah. Because I saw Clerks 3 on Sunday in the theaters. The last day to see it in the theaters. Now it's going to go to streaming, I think. Um, and, of course, I had to, had to turn back the clock because the movie Clerks is in my top five movies of all time.
1: Such a great Period. one. I love the second one, too. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I love the second one.
0: I like it. I don't like it nearly as much as the first. Well, of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You know, but, uh, but is it great? Absolutely. But the soundtrack from the first album, I mean, the bands that are on this, first of all, Alice in Chains, you know, they have Got Me Wrong on there, which is one of the best mainly acoustic tunes they had done. There is some electric guitar in there, but... Um, but when they play it live on, uh, you know, unplugged, it's it's fantastic. It's such a great tune. And then you have Soul Asylum with Can't Even Tell, which is what the video was, the the lead video from the from the movie. That's a great tune. Stabbing Westwards on there. Occasion of Conformity's on there. Jesus Lizard is on there. Bad Religion is on there. It's just layered with tons and tons of great bands and great songs from those bands. So I highly encourage anybody if you haven't listened to that soundtrack, of especially since there's it's intercut with you know dialogue from the yes. movie which just makes you pee your pants uh you need to go out and find that soundtrack now i gotta find that on on vinyl that's gonna be two, a tough
1: one two things one yeah. i have a copy of the clerk's soundtrack on vinyl oh, on dear. black smoke clear vinyl and it's signed oh, it- by jay and silent bob oh no way yep wow i hate you so- second thing you brought up the movies I just want to say that uh Gall McCartney and myself on Monday saw the David Bowie Moon Age Daydream documentary in well it was amazing because we saw it in in IMAX Mm. so that's what that's what they're showing it in for this limited theater engagement and first off the sound was incredible it was so loud when i left my ears were ringing which is wow you you never have that in a movie theater but um so the best parts was i i thought like the uh zappa documentary that came out a couple years ago the whole story was told through bowie's own words so there's no Mm. talking heads it just is quotes from him and it really showcased his constant need to move forward and once he was done with something he wanted to do something else and uh the way it's kind of artsy in the way of like i think it's supposed to represent like how it maybe would have been in his mind a little bit manic and uh and all over the place but some great footage in there that's all been remastered and restored some footage of bowie playing heroes at earl's court in 78 on the heroes tour i mean just gotta be killer. Yeah, just chills, man. It was it was incredible and it and it went through his whole career all the way all the way up to the end. So if you're a Bowie fan, it's it's not to be missed. It is going to be coming out on HBO Max, but if you have a chance to see it in the theater in the IMAX, wow, what a what a what a treat. It was it was awesome.
0: Yeah, I agree with the last part of your statement there for sure see it in the theater. Not because I've seen it, I but I would rather see it in the theater. That's something that I missed during COVID, you know. It was Great to get back to seeing, like, I love movies. I have yeah. a Dolby Atmos system in my living room. You know, I have a, a TV that's way too big for my living room. Why? Because I love movies. I love watching movies. But there's something about seeing it in a theater that you just cannot replicate at home. Yes. Even if you have a home theater, you can get close. But there's something about the, the largesse of the theater and it reverberating through that large space that makes you, it just envelops you. So that's that's the real thing. Yeah,
1: get out there. Go to the freaking movie. You have to sleep. because I have to tell you, man, it was like a ghost town in there. It was, it yeah. was sad because I remember when, movie, you know, even as a kid, movies coming out and there would be hundreds of people. I mean, the theater we went to see it in was like a big AMC theater with you know 20 or 25 theaters or whatever and it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. there was like 14 people in the whole building <laughs> it's like what the hell is going on and they still do great stuff like uh, a few months ago for the 50th anniversary um gall mccartney and myself saw the godfather in the yep. uh, dolby cinema setup and and again like you're saying i mean films and movies are such great pieces of art especially when you see something like that you, you, th- it really makes you appreciate what a what a great medium it is and i'd, I'd hate to see that go away because everybody wants to sit at home it's, yeah it, that's it's a shame stop being lazy get
0: the fuck out of your house exactly um <laughs> cool all right so moving on from that
1: before we get to what's coming out, well actually let's do that first what's coming out this week okay so uh two things i'm really excited about dio at Donington, 83 and 87, two separate releases. Uh, okay. Of course, the 83 show is a classic lineup. So you got Jimmy Bain, Vinnie Appice, Vivian Campbell, the D.O. lineup uh, touring on Holy Diver, just crushing. This this came these came out on CD like maybe. 15 years ago 12 years yeah. ago something like that great show and then the 87 is the uh dream evil lineup so that's going to be vinnie Appice, jimmy bain and then i think greg goldie or craig goldie, goldie, goldie yeah. on yeah. guitar um Separate releases, like I said, and they have lenticular covers, which are limited to 3,000 units for North America. So I'm pretty stoked about those. You can't go wrong with either one, but especially the 83 one. uh, Just a great show and a great lineup. Dio singing at his absolute peak. Um, And there's still some rainbow and some Sabbath tracks in the set list, too. So uh, that's that's super cool. I'm looking forward to those. Allison Chains, Dirt. 30-year anniversary edition um of course you need an orange copy you're not getting one from me because I guess what you, you got guess none. what oh nobody got any because apparently the only way to get the orange vinyl is through Allison chains the only version going to retail or for at least for independent shops is black vinyl no way yep yes way walmart but got they a did red the, one they did all those pre-orders all over amazon and stuff yep it, it was it's Allison in chains all righty and well, walmart a did a red one, one. From europe yep there you go oh <laughs> uh, painted orange i don't know a lot of people go back and forth between this record and facelift you know i i love this album them yeah. bones rooster wood so many great songs angry Share, so many great ones on it and then yeah, keeping facelift with is the
0: great but dirt is better
1: <laughs> yes it's definitely sonically better that's for sure yeah oh yeah um sticking with the uh early 90s grunge theme also getting a massive reissue in terms of quantity the stp album core is coming out on a run out groove edition which if you're not familiar with run out groove they do very limited reissues um either albums that are out of print or bringing an album that is in print with some extras so in the case of core um that tends to go in and out of print this one's got this is a four lp version it's got b-sides live tracks of course the original album new mastering it uh, looks like it's going to be on red vinyl it was hard to tell from the photo but it looks like it's going to be red or orange vinyl sort of going with the the uh cover art it's only available in brick and mortar stores and it is a one-time limited pressing so nice once once it's gone it will be gone and then other releases this week we got two great reissues from the kinks two of their uh overlooked albums Buzzwell Hillbillies and Everybody's a Star which are both fantastic records or I'm sorry Everybody's in Showbiz um new record from well new reissue from Sparks and a new reissue from Miles Davis so a lot of great stuff coming out this week Nice awesome
0: Well with that said something I'm excited about and I don't want to spend too much time on it cuz I'm sure we'll talk about it later on but I saw what the lineup is for the next Black uh, RSD Black Friday the Record Store yes. Day Black Friday that lineup is out, and there's a lot of great stuff on here. There's also a lot of things I'm like, huh? Yeah, um, <laughs>
1: that's Welcome to Record Store Day, Mike. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, but,
0: I mean, like, some of it is just like, really? Um, like, Cheech and Chong, Santa Claus and his old lady, 7-inch.
1: People will want it. I guess they do. Like, Chief Keef. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, that's out of my my wheelhouse. Yeah.
0: But... Uh, It seems like Fleetwood Mac is putting out an 8
1: LP vinyl box called the Alternate Collection. So those have all been uh, issued individually for the last couple of years on random record store days, and they sell out very quickly. So what that box set is is for all the people that missed out, they're putting them all together. So you get the Alternate Rumors, the Alternate Self-Titled Fleetwood Mac, the Alternate Tango in the Night, alternate uh fleetwood mac live and i think there's one other one so it's it's just outtakes or and different mixes of the songs from those albums uh but i I think it's pressed at palace so it's it's a gonna be a great sounding set and then um
0: let's see the monkeys more of the monkeys green vinyl 55th anniversary mono edition yep interesting uh another uh lost tapes from motorhead volume three this time live from Malmo in 2000. Uh, let's see. Ted I Nugent, wish they would do Spirit like a of
1: classic world. lineup of, of Motorhead release for that Lost Tapes. It's all nothing wrong with 98 and 2000 Motorhead because Motorhead was never bad. But like, yeah. give me some like, I want like Hammersmith Show 2 1979 on the Bomber Tour. Like where, because you know they've got it. Where is it? You know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh, let's see. Oh, the best drummer on the planet. Ringo Starr has an LP coming out. Yep. Uh, in fact, he's got three. Wait, no. I take that back. Ringo Starr, Old Wave, which I guess is a new album. Um, then Ringo the Fourth put out on hundred 180-gram gram translucent blue vinyl. Also on translucent orange vinyl. Uh, Ringo Starr and the all-star band Live at the Greek Theater double color lp set yeah there's a lot of ringo star here um the sword that's cool uh let's see ultravox raging eden steven wilson stereo mix yep you know that's gonna sound good uh let's see brian wilson long promised road so there's and there's like 75 other things
1: i'm not telling you about so and but here's the other thing that i want to add because it's not a sanctioned record store day release but it was just announced today and I, mike i know you're not a fan but if you're a fan of tom petty and the heartbreakers finally after 25 years of waiting the live at the Fillmore box set is coming out and it's being released on lp on november 25th which oh, is black thank friday God,
0: i couldn't wait anymore
1: <laughs> six lp set or a four cd set um the heartbreakers at their absolute best just being a great rock rock band there's some tom petty songs on it there's some heartbreakers songs on it there's a lot of covers on it a lot of a lot of shit people have been uh have been waiting for so yeah that's that's, a hard, that's a hard pass
0: for me that's, that's no
1: i'm sorry i won't be using my
0: hard-earned money for that and neither will Conchetta. so she's she's on my side on that one. thank
1: you no, i have
0: your loss what, what who do you think you
1: are braun uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, right, yeah exactly he likes tom petty i know that for a fact well he can does it, everybody should.
0: know that tom petty is currently dead
1: yes i really right. am uh, that that is the one that like because i i understand you don't like the grateful dead or bruce springsteen or things that i bob dylan things that i love i get that but tom petty is a, is a shocker to me you know i'm not a fan of dylan and he's like new dylan
0: in my mind Uh uh-huh you know it's it's i can't get past the voice you know and i was never a fan of that you know that sort of i I don't know what kind of how how, like him and springsteen like they're a type of rock i i don't know it's got to have a subgenre name to it shit rock no that's not it um (laughs) But it's, look, is it bad? No. Is it for me? No. It's just not for me. And, and I don't mean to shit on anybody's parade if you like it, though I have fun doing it. But yeah, right. it's never with, you know, like malice except with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a new ghost album coming out, too. What ghost is coming out? Impera, a picture disc in a die-cut jacket.
1: Okay, so it's not really a new ghost album. No,
0: not new, but it's a new uh, a release of it, so that's kind of cool um roger is is gonna be released from my house (laughs) at some point uh all right cool so um yeah i just wanted to mention that but something else we need to mention before we get on with the full show is there was big news that came out this week tremendous news wait are you referring
1: to the uh, steely dan uhqr that i told everybody about six weeks ago on this show all right, well, first off, that's just really funny because you're right. Yes, that was announced as coming out.
0: And it's like a new album that cost $150. Yes.
1: When does it end? Well, okay. We're. This is one. This is the. If you're going to splurge on one artist for premium sound quality, this mm-hmm. is the one to do it. And Analog Productions is doing it. So it will be the ultimate fucking Steely Dan release no doubt about it so 150 just a title a count me in count me in from camp Buy a, a thrill all the way through. no it's not no no i thought they're, it was no they're doing can't buy a thrill all the oh. way through gaucho all the classic oh, records okay.
0: all right i thought they
1: were doing i thought it
0: was like a new release i'm like no who cares like why are you going to pay 150
1: dollars for a new release No, dude, remember when I showed that Hendrix UHQR? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's that series, but they're doing the whole catalog that way. So Uh, Asia, Royal Scam, all those great records. I'll buy Asia. Most people will. I noticed that the the, uh, quantity that they're doing for Asia is higher than the other albums. Big shock on that one, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, if that's the case, yeah. No, no, no. The big news I'm talking about is out of the KISS
1: camp. Oh, I know which news you're re- you're referring to. This you're is, talking about this is about, huge. You're this talking huge. about that fantastic off the soundboard release that they just put out. Which was... no,
0: not at all, and not not at all. And by the way, quick review of that: great energy, shitty sound. No, I disagree. Oh come on! It sounds like put somebody put a magnet
1: near the tape. No, it doesn't sound. It that does. Bad. Give me a Absolutely. break. Absolutely. Those it, Metallica like... releases from the box sets sound worse than that. I'm not saying that they don't. No, that, that that kiss release is awesome. It's terrible.
0: It's ter- it's un- almost unlistenable. No, it's not. From an You're audio being point dramatic. Of view. From an audio point of view it's terrible. It's bad. I I don't have the LPs. I listen to the to the digital audio on on Apple Music and because I listen to it and there's let's say it's a little bit more detailed because of that, you can kind of hear that sort of like swelling of like treble and then it gets muddy and then treble and then it gets muddy and treble and then it gets muddy like it's a 45
1: year old tape which it is yeah it's a bootleg tape ran off from stereo outputs on their soundboard i mean i don't think you you, i I wasn't expecting gaucho no but i would i would have i would have expected them to try to at least
0: balance out the warble (laughs) like it's all right now listen if you want us to fix the warble
1: it's gonna be eighty dollars.
0: Well, all right. <laughs> I would, I'd pay eighty dollars to have it sound better. Um, no, the big news, really yes. big news, ladies and gentlemen. This has been all over the web, and uh, literally all over the web. Literally all over the web. <laughs> uh, the big news is Gene Simmons has no friends. Self-admittingly, literally. self-admittingly that he has no friends
1: and he's not interested in having friends. <laughs> That's my favorite part It's is everybody's it's, sharing it, like, oh, oh, he's got no friends, and it's like if it you like, read the article, he says he doesn't <laughs> want any friends. It is, it is so funny because it's the most
0: Gene Simmons thing ever, like 100%, as, he, as quoting the article, even as I sit here, other than Paul, and we only get together when we do stuff for the band, How do I say this without sounding inhuman? I don't have friends. Yeah, if friends means, gee, I don't know what I'm going to do this afternoon. Hey, you want to come over and hang out? Well, I'm more interested in what I want to do and I don't want to pretend that I'm interested in what you want to do (laughs) because I am not.
1: Oh, that's so fantastic. It is so Gene Simmons. It is so Gene Simmons. (laughs) i have one one thing to say that's more gene simmons than that uh, what selling coffins on their website No. no. <laughs> when i w- one of the times i got to meet gene the first time i met him i was like oh my god it's gene right you know yeah. and i got a bunch of kiss shit signed and i told him what a huge fan i was and and uh and i did tell him about the store you know and yeah. uh I told him what the name of it was and he was wearing sunglasses he was wasn't in makeup or anything but he's wearing sunglasses and his eyebrows came over his glasses and he goes that's a clever name where did you come up with that because <laughs> he knew he knew but i'm the next time,
0: fucking sue you the next time
1: <laughs> i saw him he had all the garb on and everything and uh and uh so I'm like, I met him the first time. I get, did all the fan shit. This time I want to talk. I want to talk business with him, right? Yeah. So I tell him at the time all this shit that was going on at the store that involves some past employees and stuff. And I get done telling him, and he's listening intently. And he's wearing the demon makeup. He's like eight feet tall, right? But he's he's nodding and he's listening. And I get done telling him what's going on, and he puts his hand on my shoulder and he goes, "Well, you know the first thing, Nick." is you should never have any employees you should only have subcontractors or else you'll have to pay for their insurance <laughs> it's so amazing <laughs> <laughs> and i was like that this the most shit ever that, that
0: totally is like you know when we make the kiss coffin everybody is 10.99 <laughs> Because I don't want to pay their benefits, or social security or otherwise. Let them be responsible.
1: <laughs> exactly. And it then, like fantastic. you just expect,
0: like one of those NBC, you know, like the more you know, rainbows yeah, exactly. with the stars shooting like in front of yeah, them. But he, yeah, but then he then he
1: then he proceeded to just blow my mind, and he was like, "No, listen, this is how you need to be," and 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 he gave me fucking fantastic advice that i'm so grateful for and i'm so glad that i chose to talk about that instead of going oh what about love god you know like instead of saying that shit so I ever asked them moment. about their music nobody nobody ever talks to them
0: about yeah yeah nobody's no ever said that they're a fan no.
1: no or that they like this song or that song. <laughs> so i'm so glad i didn't do that but that, i love telling that story because just how he looked at me and in, in all the demon garb and everything and just saying that well first off you should never have employees <laughs> <laughs> so good excuse me shut up it's been a while <sighs>
0: god gene simmons no friends I want to call up Gene Simmons and be his friend. But he I doesn't care. Him. He doesn't care. If, if,
1: let's three-way call him right James. now on this show. Yeah, let's just do that. Hello, this
0: is the demon. Please leave a message. <laughs> this is
1: Gene Simmons Please from leave a
0: message. <laughs> Please leave a message after the screaming. <laughs> All right, enough about Gene Simmons. He's taken up enough time in our, in our heads rent-free, which he would enjoy because, uh, you know, I saved money. Um, All right. So what we're talking about tonight is we're talking about how to shop for vinyl, essentially. Now, when most of you that are watching and those of you that are listening, you know that we are vinyl nerds, you know, Mm -hmm. Nick, especially I'm like junior nerd. He's like senior nerd with a Ph.D. in vinyl nerdery. I am going for my master's. (laughs) So um, so what I wanted to do is and again, like I said, right at the top of the show before when i first got into this there was a lot of confusion for me as far as grading and what i'm looking for and original press and player copy and like all these terms that people use and like you know mofi and you know like what is all what does original master recording mean and like you know these different like 180 140 200 you know uh all these terms, things like that, remixed versus remastered, VG plus. Uh, <laughs> VG plus. VG plus. VG plus. Uh, <laughs> hello, Ian. I know you're not watching. <laughs> um, but yeah, it could be very, very confusing. And what I found is that as I was doing my own individual research which was basically visiting as many record stores as possible looking for what it is that I'm looking for everybody grades things differently even though they might be the same grade to you, you know. so what we want to talk about is uh, basically the, 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 the building blocks of what to look for when you're shopping for vinyl not necessarily new because new vinyl is what it is It's either a reissue or a new album from the artist that just came out. It was one of the two. Uh, You know, if you want to search out a new box set, fine. If it's wrapped in plastic, great. Awesome. It's new. You know what you're getting. You're getting everything in it for the most part. Um, When it comes to used vinyl, which is what drives a lot of people to shop and look for deals and do the crate digging and, you know, check out Goodwill and see if they can find Led Zeppelin 4 first pressing behind all the bad 60s you know, Perry Como albums that somebody donated. Um, You know, that's what drives us. But there's a lot that goes into that because you can have upwards of two or 300 releases of an album. Yep. And how do you cut through the noise and figure out exactly what it is you're looking at, right? Because let's start with this, Nick. Right or wrong, most collectors, most, not all, but most collectors, if they're going after a collection, whether it be the entire catalog from from a band or what have you they're generally looking for
1: original pressings yes, yes. or no
0: yes okay. why
1: are they looking for the original pressings um because ideally that's going to be your best sound quality I mean it's going to be the best in terms of this is what the artist wanted it to sound like this was their first vision of it Yep. one two it's the most collectible version for sure because they're not making any more original because they're pressing. not making any more <laughs> right exactly they may make copies of the original pressing but they're not making yeah. the original pressing anymore and uh three i think it's for uh nostalgia sake as well yep. because something like you just brought up led zeppelin 4 like led zeppelin 4 is readily available it is not yeah. hard to buy led zeppelin 4 no, it, it is isn't. however hard to bu- to buy a uk first press or a or a porky led zeppelin for usa first first press i have it those things are hard to do so it depends yeah. on where you want to be Do you, i'm somebody that like what which version sounds better i think the led zeppelin remasters the pink floyd remasters and the beatles remasters that have been done over the last 10 years sound yeah. amazing and will and will be are on par with an original press now so stop right me, there stop right there stop yep. right there okay we're talking about remasters but What's a remaster?
0: Right? So an, an adjustment let, let's, let's is how define I like to that. describe it. Yeah. so when when they say that something is remastered, they take the original master tapes and remaster. No, um, well, I mean, that is what they do. But what right. does that mean? That means they take the original stereo two track master, which is the mix down from the multi-track tape that was recorded, take that multi-track tape gets mixed down to two tracks, left and right stereo. Onto a, onto a reel, they take that reel, and then they re-EQ it, essentially. That's what remastering means. So it just takes what it, it's already there. They're not remixing it. They're not moving the guitar from the left side to the right side or yeah. anything like that. They're not making the bass drum louder or lowering the snare. They're not correcting anything from a mix point of view. What they are saying is that we're
1: adding more mid-range or we're adding a little more treble
0: Overall, to the entire thing
1: with today's systems it's like you you find for sure that they like to add more low end because Mm -hmm. people's systems can take it now back in the day you if you didn't have a good system i mean that's the big deal with the led zeppelin two cut by robert ludwig it was cut too hot there was too much low end it was making people's needles bounce so now they like to add that low end and sometimes high end and sometimes mid-range like you're saying um because now people's systems can handle that more so, than they could in 1971 in the case of Led Zeppelin 4.
0: Yeah, equipment, reference equipment 50 years ago is very different than reference equipment now. So, yeah. and when we talk about reference equipment, we're talking high end, super audiophile craziness where it's like, you know, people pay literally, and I am not kidding, $600 for a cable. Yep. You know, are not thousand dollars for thirty
1: thousand dollars for a tone arm. I mean, just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like mult, like tens of
0: thousands of dollars for what they call a monoblock amp. Yeah, you know, which is literally one
1: amplifier that amplifies one speaker. Yep, and they will pay ten grand for that. All right there, were, now, there was a guy. There's a guy on YouTube, funny video. If you look it up, a Japanese guy that had his own power pole installed outside that all it did was power his record stuff so he could have clean power and this dude lives in a one-bedroom apartment like you can clearly tell he spent all of his money to make sure he has clean power so that when he listens to you know tommy by the who it sounds amazing which i'm envious but Oh, yeah,
0: so am I, <laughs> yeah. but uh, would I do that? No, no, absolutely not, because what happens is, and all this will go to that, it's a law of diminishing returns, right? You hear things in a certain way, and as you add better equipment, you hear more and more and more and more and more. And then it hits a level, whether it's a dollar figure or an equipment level figure, where that starts to plane off, and that angle isn't going up quite as violently anymore. Okay? Right. Right. So, what's your price for fun? What's your return on investment? That dude <laughs> wanted line. to, you know, uh, like, yes. w- 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 what's the deal? I I needed I need a I need an electrical pole with my own discreet line. Like, God knows what that costs in Japan. Probably ridiculous amounts of money. But you know, now he can listen to you know Metallica's Black Album, Clean. <laughs> Let's uh, <hope>
1: he's <laughs> not listening to that.
0: Well, if you're if you're putting in an electrical pole like a power pole, yes. you're you're probably listening listening to,
1: to jazz, probably. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, so remastering again, getting back to that, that's just a tweaking of the initial two track stereo mix down of those recordings. Okay. And yes, because of because of the way equipment is today, they can handle it more. That's what a remaster is. A remix is taking the original tracks, which is what is happening on those Beatles box sets, including the revolver box set that's coming out really shortly. Yep. It's the the, hot pink Floyd animals that came out last week. Yeah, exactly. So all that they took the original master tracks, the original tracks that were recorded and remixed them. And change the levels of everything to make a more cohesive or more clear or articulate mix, okay? Yes. Now, why is that important? Because you need to know what you're buying and exactly what that is. Remaster, in a lot of ways, could be just a tweak of, like, 1 dB on the 4K, and you'll never know it. You don't even need to know what I just said. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Just know that that does happen sometimes. Yep, and it's it's remastered. Well, we just... Tweaked it and it's really just marketing
1: so that you could buy a new version of the album. All right. Shout However, out real quick to Dean who said, but is the poll true bypass? <laughs> well, yeah, fantastic. of course. I mean, it's gotta be a true bypass, Paul. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> it's so great. I love um,
0: it. yeah, and here's the thing: these they're these people building these hundred thousand dollar systems to play
1: a twenty dollar fucking record. Yeah. So whatever anyway or they're the ones hoarding all that you know original press hank mobley blue note records (laughs) um so getting back to
0: you know the 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 you're buying the original press because you want the collectability of it a lot of times it will be the best pressing until a remaster or if it came out on 180 gram vinyl or 200 gram vinyl now what does that mean well like this album right here this is an OG out of Wild South by the Allman Brothers, right? If I take this out, and this is not a very good condition album. This is the epitome of what would be called the player copy. But if I take this out, I mean...
1: Kind to of a to record,
0: Yeah. It's a really flexible record, right? Whereas... Yeah, I think this was either, what, 120 gram or 100 gram at best or something like that in the 70s. I think average
1: actually was, like, between 120 and 140. I don't think they were okay. quite as accurate then as they are now with the weight. I mean, they just made a lot of records then, yeah. so it didn't matter. Now, here's where this changes. You're right. In the late
0: 70s, there was a gas shortage. There was an oil yep. shortage, and these albums became even flimsier <laughs> because yes. they were yeah, using that's when... less and less material to make these albums. So, you know, now there are some people that say, well, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, like this Megadeth album. I haven't opened it. All right. This is 200 gram. This ain't moving. I, I 180 gram. Like this is not moving. This is super solid. This You could, you could feel weight. Like yeah. this has weight to it. And why? Because it's 180 grams. Of vinyl as opposed to 120 grams of vinyl or 140 grams. It's more grams, therefore it's gonna be thicker, which means it's gonna give you more stability on your turntable, which in turn is supposed to give you better fidelity. So if it's they not can cut bouncing the grooves around, deeper. Exactly. It's thicker, they can cut the grooves deeper, your needle can sit in it deeper, and therefore you get better sound overall. There are some people that truly swear by that. There are some people that swear
1: that these sound better. Yes, that's that's the big that's the big thing. I I've never been snooty in the way of like it has to be the original collectability wise yes sometimes there's more value other times reissues come out and they go up in value very quickly just like rush Rush is a
0: great example of that all the rush stuff from like 2015 sounds better and it costs way more for especially for their later their later releases it costs
1: way more than the originals Exactly, and I just uh, so in some cases like the Beatles mono box, which I think to me, which I talk about on this show all the yeah. time, is like is the crowning well, the pinnacle, jewel yeah. of 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 reissue vinyl. I mean, the those things kick the shit out of the original pressings sorry they do they're better like just because like you're saying 180 gram vinyl cut straight from the analog tapes on today's uh, you know equipment they're not mass produced in the way beatles records were in 1965 you know all of those things make a difference so it's like if you want sonic purity and you want great copies of beatles records those are the ones you want that's the box you want and but, even, and you even know,
0: to that, like they're still collectible, maybe, but they're not as collectible as say, like a first edition, you know, uh, a first pressing of Meet the Beatles, right. you know, UK edition, you know, right. that might be worth more. Yesterday and today with the Wacko cover, you know, that's super collectible. You know, it's yep. thousands of dollars for that. Um, you know, so there's a collectibility factor more so that goes with the original pressings. Sonically, most of later repress. 180 gram and remaster because once they go to 180 gram they're also remastering yep 99 percent of the time Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um and especially today they it used to be where and nick you could tell me if i'm wrong on this one but this is what i i believe tell me if i'm wrong In the 2000s, they were, you know, mid late 2000s into the 2010s, they were remastering classic albums and putting them out on CD and putting that remaster out on LP as well. But they weren't remastered for LP, they were remastered for the sonics of a CD. Nowadays, they're remastering almost exclusively
1: for vinyl, Mm -hmm. which is going to give you a better response overall. Would that be a correct statement? That's overall correct. There were some companies that made sure to have separate mixes yeah. like rhino did a fantastic job in the late 2000s you know when they did all the sabbath records all the deep purple all the police when they were bringing all those out <laughs> that's funny i
0: wish they when would they, have made all the springsteen albums with zero grams of vinyl
1: yes thank you dennis i agree when with they you 100 when they were bringing all those out they were getting vinyl cuts mostly yeah. done by bernie grudman who is now in the top three guys yeah. that you want remastering your, your vinyl, you know, it's him, exactly. it's Kevin yeah. Gray and it's Chris Bellman. And those guys at the time were cutting for all the big labels as the, as the vinyl Renaissance, as it were began. So I remember being able to get like the first eight Sabbath records, you know, all the Aussie Sabbath records for like 18 bucks. And they were, I think there was a digital step in there, but you're using Bernie Grudman mastering, Coming from the original tapes, thick full jackets had yep. all the inserts replicated. Though even those copies of those records now, the reissue copies now go for yep. 150 dollars. Because yeah, I have the a ones- mess is a
0: reality. Yeah. with one eighty gram with the with the embossed cover and yep. you know yep. that's a big deal. So exactly, you know these are all things that we look for when we're buying an album. These are yep. things that you need to think about when you're buying an album, especially something that's used vinyl you can't predict what's going to be worth a lot later on with standard vinyl today that's coming out no. unless it's a box set with a it's numbered and limited and all that stuff right that you can kind of predict like uh miles davis that's, you know,
1: that's that's not always like that. it's not you always pro- a home
0: run it's not did always you a home get run. that typo yep.
1: negative box set from a couple years ago run out no, groove did that okay so that i had one of those that sat in the store it was it was 189 you got all the typo records i wanted it i couldn't they were it they were done very well yeah it was like 12 lps on green vinyl green vinyl yeah exactly that thing sat in my store for a year at 180 bucks and it's like 700 dollars now more than that i've more seen them that. go for 1200 yeah there like you go. it's yep. yeah
0: so you can't predict what's going to happen um don't buy something for what it's going to be worth later on buy because no. you want to listen to it exactly you know? that's the bottom line that's what's always that, that, missed yeah. And that's why I like buying used vinyl because, you know, even if it's an original press, guess what? I'm gonna play the damn thing. Exactly. At the end of the day, you need to wanna play it. Now, are there some exceptions? Yeah, there are. Like I have a fantastically clean copy of Fair Warning with you know, I've talked about it on this show before. It's a super clean copy with the David Lee Roth poster and the uh fan club insert and the the record is in near mint condition. We'll talk about what that means in a minute. But I also have two other copies that I listen to. Yep, those I use as my player copies. That one I use as my collectible. Right? Uh, there are some things. There are some things that I've bought. Like this past week, I bought a. I was on the road for work, and I was in Pittsburgh. And I go into the store called Jerry's Records, which literally has half a million records. Like to wow. shop from. Yeah, it's wow. crazy. So you always find something when you go in there. I and would hope. Only. I'm, I'm hoping it's, if he's got half a
1: million records, yeah. you got to find something in that yeah. bitch.
0: <laughs> um, but what I did find, I found, um, I found, uh, what did I find? I found an uh, OG copy of Zebra It's Your Move, which is their second album, uh, which nobody cares about, but it's sealed. So I'm not going to open it. Yeah. You know. I paid a whole ten dollars for that album. There you go, you know. And I also found a, a, a sealed Gino Vanelli brother to brother, in the same place that I paid seven dollars for. There you go. And it's got the sticker on it saying it's, it was six dollars. So <laughs> featuring, I just want to stop. No, it didn't even say that. It was like it doesn't have the hype OG. sticker. Uh maybe it does. I gotta go look at it again. That's what the hype sticker um, says. Featuring, I just want to stop. I got I got to look at it again. I don't I don't remember if it has it or not. But anyway, that's another thing we could talk about hype stickers. So we'll save all that. Let's save all that. So, again, you're buying records to listen to for the most part. Keep that yes. in mind. Yep. Right. So do you want a record that looks clean, at least visually? Yes, you do. Uh, there are certain things that you can kind of get past that are imperfections that you can be OK with. There are certain things that if it's dirty, like Mark asked, you know, Mark Garney asked, you know, can we talk about how to clean records? Yeah, we can we can do that, too. But the thing to remember is that it starts with grading. And every store has their own impression. And even the people within the store have their own impression of what grading is. Now, when we talk about record grading, this is going to take up probably about the next 15 minutes because it's really important. (laughs) Um, Let's not bore
1: everyone to death. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's important. So it is. we're going to what I want to talk about is one type that's the gold mine grading system. Now, the gold mine grading system, you can look it up online and it'll give you explanations and basically it's everything it's from the bottom going up it's poor, fair, good, good plus, very good, very good plus, near mint minus, mint. Okay? Yep, so you got it. Basically there are some people that you like, you go on eBay or go to stores. It's like, excellent. What does excellent mean? You know, they'll be like, well, excellent equals near mint." Okay. Why don't you just call it near mint? To me,
1: excellent equals like VG plus. Well, that's the whole thing. It's
0: different to you. So everybody has a different definition of what it, what that is and what makes up what that is. So that's the crazy part. So generally speaking, Nick, maybe we can go back and forth for this one. Um, mint i'll take this one it's kind of easy it's it's this it's unopened sealed brand new you assume that the record inside is in perfect condition the cover is in perfect condition unopened unused that's mint all right i'm going to take the next one too what's the difference between mint and
1: near mint This, (laughs) this, <laughs> this is amazing.
0: Yeah, ready. No, don't We're you gonna know go the from... leg trick. The what?
1: The leg trick. I don't know legs. Okay, if you go like this on your leg, the cellophane will split exactly at the seam. Uh oh, your mic's gone. Mike's mic is gone. Uh oh, what happened? He cut it with his with his scissors now you're muted nope you're still gone uh oh i'll take over from here what he's trying to show you is that near mint is when you just open the record and it's maybe not even been played right correct mike the mime ladies and gentlemen (laughs) that's basically that's basically what he's trying to show though is that a near mint record some collectors will tell you it might still have the shrink on it. It's been opened, but it's never been played. And usually you can tell that, you know, just based on the vinyl condition or, you know, the mark, if there's marks on it, whatever. But usually near mint, a lot of, a lot of collectors don't even like to use that or sellers, they don't like to use that because it's such a fine line between what's mint, what's near mint and what, what's VG plus, which I think Mike's going to talk about in a minute, if he ever comes back let's see what does pat got to say i can't put the comments on the screen but i'll answer questions tell us about the leg trick i just did so if you if you go like this you know build friction on your leg it'll split the cellophane seam open if you're one of those people like me that wants to keep the shrink on the jacket of the record um some people don't want to do that obviously if you don't want to you just tear it off maybe played once or twice says pat is that still near mint I guess it depends on how you take care of your records do you do you clean them before and after you put them on i i'm really not a stickler about it i think if i look at the record and there's no dimples there's no scratches there's no dust there's no whatever then it's near mint as far as i'm concerned before you get into putting it on a turntable and listening to it in headphones etc but i i'm i like to think that pat i think if it's played once or twice it's still near mint if you take care of your stuff i have a vpi machine so i vpi everything because that's the nerd level i'm at what does dean say when i worked at music land we used to rewrap stuff using the shrink machine at our neighbor's software yeah exactly um that's the other thing some some stores did used to do rewraps and uh we still see that you know in the store we'll buy a collection and we'll go oh man this billy joel record or whatever is still sealed and then you open it and it's clear that it's been played so that's from stores like musicland dean where they were re-rapping stuff dennis i remember when albums were for drinking beer and scoring chicks that was a long time ago dennis what records did you have dennis a lot of springsteen i bet they usually had slightly burned ends says dean yeah is that from is that from when the when you would get done wrapping it you'd have to cut the seam of the uh of the cellophane right i would think post rewrap yes yes exactly all right dean confirms somebody else has got to say something so i can keep this going I wonder what's going on. He never has this many uh, this this much technical issue. Jesus. There you are. What happened? I don't know. I was dying up here I was trying to answer questions. I can't put the comments on the screen. Anyway,
0: so where 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 were you up to at this point?
1: I I explained near near Mint and then I was cuz Pat said Um, if you go up to the comments he said maybe played once or twice is that still near mint what i said is yes if you take care of your records and you clean them and it it can very well still be near mint but some folks feel if it's not if it's been played it's automatically vg plus yeah and that's a very
0: elitist attitude you know but at the same time it depends on who you're talking to so that goes back to the whole subjectivity of it which is kind of crazy and kind of maddening and when somebody says something is near mint usually they're doing a visual grade Mm -hmm. yep exactly they haven't played it themselves it's like well i don't see a mark on it i don't see a scratch on it i don't see anything on this thing great it's near mint it's super clean it's shiny that's a big thing yes if it's shiny, which if it's means dulled, nothing. Well, I mean, if it's dulled, though, it could be that it wasn't taken wow. care of and it's dirty, and you can never restore that shine fully. Because no, if you but, do, you flat out. But you know what I'm groups. saying? You
1: buy a new record; they're yeah. all shiny, but it doesn't yeah. mean they all don't pop and hiss and crack and have pressing yeah. defects and all of yeah,
0: that. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of cracking a snap, crackle, and pops that happen that have nothing to do with the record. It's static. Sometimes you need to eliminate the static. There are static guns that you like shoot at the fucking record, you know, and it stops <laughs> that. You know, it's always good to make sure you, you know, we'll, we'll get into cleaning in a bit, but, you know, make sure you give your, your record a, a cleaning before you put it on every time. Just, you know, whether it's a dry cleaning or a wet cleaning, I prefer dry for the most part, uh, unless you're doing a deep cleaning. But again, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, so, yeah, so Near Mint is essentially what I just did. I took an album, I opened it, it's now Near Mint. Yep, you know. Um, next up would be VG plus. VG plus, <laughs> we like very VG clean, clean plus. vinyl. This is very clean. The it's got cover, the poster. It's got the poster. Well, we'll talk about we'll talk about inserts <laughs> in a minute. Uh, but yeah, VG plus means essentially the record's been played. There may be some shelfware, what they call shelfware, which is where you'll find, you know, I don't know if we can visually represent it here. But like on this album, for example, there's, you know, on the bottom, you see it's not it's not Perfect. one color all the way across. It's It's been taken on and off or in and out of a shelf repeatedly. So there's a little wear. Uh, then it may have something like a light ring wear. OK, most of the time. Uh, VG plus has could have as much as a little bit of light ring wear. VG would have more heavy ring heavy wear ring on the cover. Wear, yeah. So what that means is ring wear is that, um, and we've all seen it with records. Record is round. This is square. Okay, the cover is square. We're going
1: all the way back to kindergarten. On yeah, this we're one.
0: going all the way back. So what you'll see over time if it sits on a shelf or if it's used a lot, you'll see an imprint essentially of the record, or and pushed
1: in on your shelf cause. exactly. It
0: too getting pushed in on the shelf as well what that'll do is it'll you'll see an imprint of the record it lightens up essentially because it's rubbing up that record is in there it's rubbing up between other records so it's wearing away and it 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 leaves a ring therefore it's called ring wear um sometimes on a vg vg plus they'll talk about vg plus (laughs) they'll talk about spindle marks okay Spindle marks are when you're going to, you know, you have your you put your spindle right there, through that hole right there. That's what you seat the record on. That's what holds it in place from like spinning off of your turntable, right? A lot of people don't do it well. They just take it and they slam it down like, "Oh, it didn't go in." And they start doing this with it and popping it up and down, and that spindle keeps hitting the label. So it leaves like worm marks or indentations. That's called spindle marks. And those that are collectors look at that and start bringing that that's why it's not near mint but if you have a couple of spindle marks that would be that in that case would be vg plus if you have a lot of spindle marks you could drop it all the way down to vg no yep. plus no plus. Um, also and this on, goes
1: back to to your uh, why do people buy original pressings or why are they more collectible because yeah. a lot of times like let's say black sabbath deep purple led zeppelin a lot of people that had those records when they were brand new did not take care of them they were nope they were at parties or they were drunk or they were rolling joints on them i still get records in in that have seeds and stems on the inside of the gatefold so it's like all of those things yeah you you missed that mike
0: (laughs) no i didn't it's here (laughs) it's here and we we got monty python in the house (laughs) it was not lost
1: on me um so yeah that's another reason why sometimes original pressings go for big money because if you got a clean one that somebody's taken care of for 50 60 70 80 years then uh that's much harder to replicate truth than than having a reissue
0: and then also back then everybody was you know lent their records to somebody else so they would write their name on the label yes right i mean how many of those do we have in our collections oh tons tons they're either on the on the album cover on the insert sometimes inside the album cover like near the edge on the label itself tons of things that'll bring that reduce the 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 grading of the album the media itself the record might just be completely clean the minute you write your name on it it drops automatically down to vg plus at best at best
1: that depends on how good your signature is whatever (laughs) if it's nice then it's vg
0: if it's if it's an autograph of somebody in the band different story yep then for vg did did we touch enough on vg
1: plus i think so
0: yeah for me i try to buy nothing less than vg plus unless it's something i just can't find yep you know i usually look for vg plus on the album vg plus on the cover i'll go vg plus on the album vg on the cover because the cover doesn't mean nearly as much to me some people value, like, oh, no, it's got to be, like, pristine. Well, good luck. If the album is, like, 50 years old, yeah. good luck, you know. Um, but, yeah, I try not to buy anything worse than VG+, plus because, again, you know that that's going to be a certain level. There's an expectation of quality, and it won't really... It, it shouldn't skip. Um, it shouldn't have clicks and pops. There might be one here or there, maybe. Right. Um, as far as on the album itself, there's something called hairlines that you might see. A hairline is basically, if you really have to hold it up to light, and it looks like a wavy kind of thing in it, it looks like somebody draped hair over it, and that's what scuffed the record. Uh, hairline's are very, very light. Uh, if it's a wavy scuff, it's usually done by the insert, the inner sleeve. They call them sleeve scuffs or inner sleeve scuffs. Uh, but none of those have any impact on the playability or the sound of the record. It just... It's a visual part of the grading process. And if that's what's the worst thing that's wrong with the album, you're great because you won't hear those issues. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to play it and not really worry about it. Do you want to take VG?
1: I don't know. Do you want me to? Because I ahead. could already tell that our uh, that our definitions are different. No, go ahead. Go with VG so vg would be this is what i consider the player copy grade myself Mm -hmm. yep um so it'll play through no skips no uh no jumps no you know no cracks none nothing like that um it'll play through without issue but it's going to be noisy um you might have some uh you know some uh, definitely a lot of popping and hissing and all of that um but it may be some distortion but it will play through without jumping mm-hmm. uh jacket a vg jacket is probably going to have heavy ring wear on it like mike was pointing out you might have a uh, seam split on either the top or the spine or maybe all three um yep. then you start getting into the next lay, uh level down but yeah uh, you know like you said names written on the labels names written on the jackets um all of that plays a factor in it i usually reserve this like you were saying for rare records or records that that you just you're not going to get a new copy of so a big one that i always see people buying in always bad shape even good plus all the way down as long as it plays through is that led zeppelin 2 like i was describing earlier um But VG, that's a lot of what you see in in bins at record stores. So if you got a record like Fleetwood Mac Rumors that everybody had, everybody's bought in some capacity and they played it and they loved it, that's probably what you're going to see seven times out of ten is a VG copy of that record.
0: Yeah. And then people say, well, this is a strong VG. I mean, there's ways to look at it that way. You know, it's like minimal popping, but there's still some popping. Now, can some of that to marks point can some of that be remedied? Yes, it's just dirty. But how you clean it is going to determine how much you can actually get out of that. And that's a very difficult process if you haven't done it. Yep. But again, we'll talk more about that later. Now, after VG, you know, like you were talking about like with the seam splits, you know, blowouts, you can call them blowouts, what have you? Uh, when you get into good or good plus, now we're getting into like severe player copy. Yes. These have scratches on them, very noticeable ones, whereas Might like skip. a VG. Yeah, exactly. VG may have uh, scratches, but they're not what what they call feelers, where you can run your finger over it and you could feel the scratch in it as you run it over. G, good, or G plus, G, G plus, a good plus, you'll feel it. You'll probably feel it. You know, you they're they're gonna be there. Uh, so if you run your finger over it and, and you can feel the scratch, you know there's a really good possibility of it skipping. Yep. And if it doesn't skip, there's a one hundred percent chance of it popping. Yes. <laughs> it's gonna most of the time though if
1: you can feel it it's going to cause a problem it's definitely not good for your needle that's for sure um and and you were talking earlier about the how different people look at it Uh, all you know different record collectors think different things about the grading scotty who runs our vinyl department at the store um with some assistance from me but he's been doing it forever um you know anything that's less than vg to him he just calls it it's wasted you know he does he doesn't want to put the, he doesn't want to put it out yeah. it's like yeah. if there's marks on it he doesn't want to sell it and i understand why and it that's that's kind of what makes our vinyl selection a little bit different than some other places is that we don't just put anything out we, yeah. we we put a lot of care and and uh Curation into what goes out because he's a he's a huge stickler about it There's things that come in and I go. I don't know. We could maybe clean that and he'll just go. No, we're not taking it it's that it's it's too messed up it's too wasted and and uh, and and I appreciate that because I, I I I love the thrill of getting a title that I don't have or haven't seen, you know, I won't buy something that's trash, but if it's yeah. if it's got some marks on it or whatever, it it'll go into my collection. Somebody like Scotty, he's not buying it unless it's clean.
0: Yeah, you know, and a lot of like the super collectible titles that are out there that are worth like tens of thousands of dollars, there probably aren't good or good plus copies of them anywhere anyway. No. You know, everybody's holding on to those. So yes. you know, good or good plus, especially good. Those are the ones you'll find in the dollar bin. Yep. the 50 cent bin because the record's pretty beat up and so's the cover for that matter like this for instance this out of wild south if i visually looking at it and i've played it it doesn't play with any skips it actually is 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 fairly okay i would say it's like a vg or a strong vg uh strong vg but i mean look at the back of the cover yeah this is destroyed this is not what it's supposed to look like this isn't artistic <laughs> right this would be what would be the next grade that I would consider? And that's fair. All right. Fair is... I don't know why you would buy a fair record. Which which
1: Pat just brought up in the comments.
0: Yeah, it would. It would. Exactly. So why would you buy a fair record? If you need it for artwork on the wall? If you want to throw it at people? Um those are the ones that you buy like 10 for a dollar, <laughs> you know, Yeah. Uh in certain places because they are virtually unplayable. Um I I, I just it, those are the, like the albums that you find in your grandmother's basement, you know, a million years after she God rest her soul may have passed away and <laughs> they smell like mold and cigarettes from the early 30s
1: a lot and her Balpert and- Nat King Cole.
0: Well, Herb Alpert I'd be alright with. Nat King Cole and, uh, but like Perry Como like I mentioned earlier. Yeah, like yeah, those. Yeah. like The Golden bird Bird, Homperdink. Yeah, but they've Nothing been...
1: Wrong and not saying anything about the no, talent no, no. of those people. Just
0: No, but generally that's what those albums are. Or they're, you know, yeah, Her Basement That Flooded. Paul <laughs> McCartney put it right. Exactly. 100%. So yeah. That's basically it. That would be something that has water damage that may even have a small crack in it at some point the it is more scratched than record yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. uh and why would you buy one of those again if you just like it's something you need to have or something you want to give as a joke or something you using as a prop in a music video or something that you're putting on the wall as art something like that or making that a chip bowl sense.
1: out of which people yeah. do
0: all the time making a web hole <laughs> a chip bowl Oh, I thought you said a shit pole. I'm like, (laughs) wow. Okay. A shit, But yeah, people do that. People do that. They take those. They melt them down. They make it into a chip bowl. Yes, 100%. Um, So uh, then there's one more grade, and that's poor. This album has one hole in it. Poor albums may have three or four that don't belong there. You know, they're cracked. They're broken. They're just worthless. 100% worthless. They're completely unplayable and not only will you injure your needle if you ever put your needle anywhere near a poor album, but you should be punched. <laughs> can, so, can
1: we touch on Pat's comment real quick? Yeah, and this
0: is a good point. People seem to spend a lot of money on old Blue Note 1500 series jazz albums that are unplayable. Not sure why that is. So Nick, maybe you could speak to
1: that. Yes. Okay, so a lot of the reason is before they started doing the Tone Poet series and the in the classic series those records weren't available in in any configuration on lp not that sounded good at least not that were cut from the original tape so the big deal with the old blue note stuff that are cut by uh rudy van gelder i think is how you say his last name i'm sorry rvg um those original presses that have his initials in those deep groove thick blue note records they're almost thick like a 78 almost um those were optimal sound quality and then once blue Note started reissuing those records in the 70s they weren't the same people claim they didn't sound the same probably like mike was saying about the about the gas shortage and they were making the vinyl thinner and it just didn't have that atmospheric thing that blue note records are known for especially rvg um blue note records so that's the big thing like i mentioned hank mobley earlier a lot of the underground not that hank mobley's underground but those not your john coltrane not your miles davis not your you know your dave brubeck not your marquee name jazz people those records weren't in print so for a lot of people to get the best sounding version in their mind they were buying those old blue notes um you know, why they're buying them in bad condition. (laughs) I'm not sure. I think it was just because they weren't available and it's better to have a copy than not have any copy at all. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's I've
0: done that in my own collection with certain bands, you know, like, oh, wow, I really need a copy. This is the first time I've seen something. It's it's actually like a good or good plus. Well, you know, I buy those as placeholders. Mm -hmm. Like, just say, all right, I have it, but if I find a better one... I'm adding it to the collection. And generally speaking, in those cases, those are like five or ten dollar records. Yep. In the case of what we're talking about here, they are paying exorbitant prices because yeah, they're you paying can't find hundred dollars yeah. for Hank
1: Mobley it, records. It's yeah. crazy.
0: It's crazy. So um and there's a very it's very few and far between that you find records of that value, especially in jazz. Yep. But it's that sector that'll definitely fit that fit that mold. And again, You don't know if you can find them anywhere else. You don't know how to source them. People don't know where to find them. And, you know, maybe all the
1: good ones are already spoken for. And shout out to the Blue Note Tone Poet and Classic Vinyl Series that are making these fantastic albums be accessible again at a reasonable price they're replicating the jackets they're using the original master tapes they're getting Kevin Gray to to do the mastering you know that's Don was at at being the president of Blue Note who's a guy who loves music and wants to make sure these are presented in the best way possible and making them accessible not only to a new generation but to guys like Pat who I know is a big jazz guy and, and myself and my buddy Jeff Stella who are huge jazz guys that can afford original copies of these records they're saying here here's a new version of this not remixed but remat uh, but remastered and replicated as close as they can to the original copy and i think that's great you know you can buy um you're ready for freddy freddy hubbard which is such a legendary jazz record now and it sounds amazing you can get it for 22 dollars. before that record was literally a two thousand dollar record yeah. so Thank God for Don Was and for Blue Note and for Kevin Gray.
0: You know there should be somebody scanning discogs, which we'll talk about in a second, uh, and seeing what albums are like two and three thousand dollars and just repressing them, <laughs> <laughs> like all of them. Yes, uh, and making life good for everybody so they could just enjoy music. You know. Um, all right, so that's pretty much all the grading, everything from poor to mint. All right. And again, there are a couple of other grading systems, and some stores will have their own version of grading systems. We gave you the gold mine grading system, which is the standard, kind of the gold standard, no pun intended. Uh, but there are a couple of others out there. they like, well, we have our reason. Fine. Whatever. Just read between the lines and do a little cross uh, 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 like a, a cross-platform investigation, like what does VG mean here versus excellent here? With, does that line up in their description? And then you can kind of figure it out if it's something that you, that's not native to what you're understanding. But again, Goldmine is, is pretty much the standard. That's what Discogs uses. That's what a lot of other stores use. That's what they go by. And again, just remember that a lot of these stores, especially high volume stores, stores like Jerry's Records, stores like yours, you know, you you're visually grading. You're not putting every single you're not putting a needle on every single record you take in. You can't. So you have to understand that they're going on visual grading. That's what they're assessing it by. Sometimes if they're like, wow, this is really cool. All right. I want to listen to Van Halen Balance. Yeah, because we haven't seen one in forever. They'll probably play it like, yeah, we actually play tested this one, you know? Yep. yep. So, you know, just keep that in mind that it's, you know, it may be VG plus or near mint. It may look like that. There may be an issue with it, a small issue with it, but most of the time you're going to get what you pay for visually. There are some times that it's a little bit dirty. So next up is, well, how do you figure out what edition this is when you're in the store? Well, a good store will label it. And tell you, this is OG. You know, let's say OG, Original Press, right? Uh, that's what we use, is OG. That's like our terminology. So, which OG means Original Gangster. Uh, and we've adopted it for vinyl. So, And I'm sure Original Gangsters love that. Yeah, they do. Like, dude, we ain't vinyl. Um, I'm sure
1: Ice-T is really appreciative that people are quoting Perry Como records as OG. <laughs> <laughs> but...
0: You know, if something is original press, a reputable store, a store that does its research like Nick's will probably put it on the label or at least be able to explain what it is to you when you're taught, when you're asking about it. They'll be knowledgeable enough to do that. Uh, And there are some that won't. Right. And some stores don't know what they have. They just took in a collection, you know, because they may not be certain stores you'll find that you shop in. They'll be. Well, there's a store that knows rock really, really well, but they don't know much about jazz. Mm-hmm. Although know jazz and classical really really well, but don't know much about metal, yep. you know, and in some some of those cases you can find diamonds in the rough. Well, how do you know what you're finding? Well, this is a record, all right. It has tracks and it has something called dead wax. Now, dead wax is on the outside. That's that thin ring on the outside that you put when you start the album, and then it goes right into the first song. Dead wax is also in the center surrounding the label. All right, they call it dead wax because there's, there's no grooves. Nothing is put there. But inside, the one surrounding the label is a matrix. It's called runout, and Or the runout matrix. And it's usually letters, numbers, some combination of both that if you go to, and I'll put up the, uh, if you go to discogs.com, right? It's right there for you. If you go there and you go in the search bar, And you type that matrix into the search bar. It'll tell you what it is. You click on that album and it'll tell you if it's a repress, if it's an original. It'll tell you sometimes the pressing plant it came from. Yes. Uh, And you'll also have to read inside the listing to make sure that everything does match up to know that what you're looking at is exactly what you're searching out. So uh, that is a very, 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 very helpful tool. Uh, it's, it's done, um, kind of in a Wikipedia kind of way where people contribute to Mm -hmm. that, which is great. It has a database of about 15 million records. So, and it's also a place where I I don't know, Nick, if you do this, but I do it. And a lot of my friends do it. I actually have my entire record collection up there.
1: I've started trying to do it probably 15 times. And then I just (laughs) get. So overwhelmed, and I go fuck it. I know what I have. Well, because
0: you have nine billion <laughs> records, and I don't. Yeah, I so, have like I,
1: I think I have like fifty five hundred at this point.
0: I yeah, I'm over five hundred. I'm closer to six hundred. If I'm not at seven hundred, uh, but I forget what I have. Never mind the forty fives that I have too. <laughs> right, right. um If you know, but I what I do is, and this I encourage everybody to do, even if you have a large collection. Maybe not Nick Large. That might be a little bit more difficult. Put the whole damn thing in, all right? Yeah. Enter everything in, and then as you buy records, come home, turn on your computer, enter in the information. Yep. And just and, do it every time, and, and you just maintain thing, it that
1: way. A big thing that is important to note here, if you have a big record collection, or even if you have a midsize or a small set, whatever, insurance companies ex- accept a Discogs val uh evaluation on your collection so i did not know that that's great most most do most reputable ones do so when you have all your stuff in like mike's talking about you can go and you can hit my collection and it'll give you a low estimate a median estimate and a high estimate and i believe your insurance company will allow you to use the median as the basis for your you know whatever you're saying i want to insure my records so i think you can use the median i'm pretty sure um is the one that they go to so that's very helpful if you've got a if you've got a huge collection that let's say is worth uh 20 grand or whatever it's like you can take that to your insurance company add it to your premium and they will they will go on the uh, discogs value because that's how reputable discogs is
0: so now, actually, you brought up the value thing now. I'm just curious to see what they and they they change values all the time, um, yes. you know based on what you know demand is, and so your your record collection will vary yeah. uh, week to week, sometimes day to day. and there's a whole dashboard, so I'm looking at my dashboard and I'm looking at all the albums that I put in there. Uh, I have according to this. I haven't entered everything and I didn't enter in my 45 There's a bunch of albums I haven't put in yet that I really need to catch up on. But I have uh, 458 in here right now. And that's nothing, you know, for a lot of people, especially if you look at Nick. But mine's quality rather than quantity, because my minimum, it says it's worth about six grand. My median is about eleven thousand dollars and the maximum is about twenty four thousand. Now, maximum is if every album is still in the shrink and it's mint. Yep, that is unrealistic. Yes, <laughs> it is. That is not the case. But do I think I'm somewhere between median and maximum? Yes. Do I think I'm closer to median than maximum? Yes. Yep. You know, if it's and that would be most everybody's collection. If it says that my collection is worth median about eleven grand, it's probably closer to thirteen, fourteen thousand. It is nowhere near twenty four thousand dollars. So um i i don't even want to look at mine well yours will be way higher than mine way higher than mine i guarantee it um but the cool thing is like you know if you have your collection up there and then you say hey i want to sell some records well you could do it right through discogs yeah you just say i want to sell this record and boom all right so it gets listed up there so take good notes. Make sure you're you're giving it the quality grading that it deserves. And if you really need to sell some records, or if you looking to find looking to buy something that you're really after, and you're willing to sell some records to get that, Discogs is a great way to do it. Now yes. there are conflicting views as to what the results are with some of these things. I've had more good than bad experiences. I had one really bad experience where somebody really tried to hose me, and really? yeah, they tried to hose me. They tried to sell me vapor trails uh a sealed vapor trails they had put it under as being um uh, as a 2015 reissue mm-hmm. but it wasn't it was the one that like came out like last year or whatever oh, the it was. remix yeah 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 the remix so and it was like you could have bought it in any store for 30 dollars and the guy charged me 60 oh nice I'm like, no, this is false advertising, man. This isn't... When I got the record in, the first thing I did before I even opened it was put it into Discogs. So that's how I learned. I'm like, oh, yep, nope. See, this isn't what you said it was. And I sent it back to him. I got all my money back. Well, there you go. But every other time I've used Discogs, it's been good. You have to do your homework, though. You have to do your research. You have to see if they're giving good explanations. And you have to realize that your country of origin, like where it's coming from, that's going to play a part in it, too. Um, you know, certain albums were not ever released in the U.S. on vinyl, but they were in Europe. So that's the only place you can get it. Uh, like one of my grails, Wrathchild America uh, uh, 3D. Couldn't find it anywhere. I got it from Russia. Wow. <laughs> you know, because it was only pressed in Germany and in very small amounts back in 1991. And the only place I could find it where it was remotely affordable was Russia. So I paid like $85 for it. And <laughs> now it was you're like, on
1: the FBI watch list.
0: Damn right. This <laughs> was before the stupid war. This is before the, it was before the war, the bad stuff. So, um, so, and somebody's asking actually, uh, you know, know about the selling of a used collection. Well, there's lots of places that'll buy it. Nick will buy them. I will, you know, um, You'll have to, you know, let them know exactly what it is, what you have, you know, and and take some pictures of some things so that you can actually see it. Uh, and if you're close by to the store, which I know that Conchetta is not, uh, you could drive it on over and he could look at it visually and then give you an offer. Yep, there you go. That's um, how we handle But yeah, but doing it yourself one at a time, it's hard. Depending on how many
1: records there are, it may take a really long time. So. And you have um, to really learn what you're doing because you're selling to people like Mike and myself usually. Exactly. And they will they will smoke you if oh, you yeah. say, "Oh, this is mint," and it shows up and it's in VG condition. You bet like, your nope. ass you're gonna get a you're gonna get a scornful email. Yep.
0: <laughs> Very much. So, um, so that's a little bit about discogs. Now, something else when you're buying records, a lot of times, especially with used vinyl, and especially with bands like Kiss. Iron Maiden, lots of those marquee metal bands from back in the day uh, that are still around now. There were inserts, posters, extras, all this other crazy stuff. The more of the original items you have, the more that album is worth or the more the album will cost you, generally speaking. So, case in point. Kiss the originals. Come on, show it. Oh, here it is.
1: Finally has one. Thank God. I finally have one
0: listen i still want yours <laughs> i still want yours even though this thing is in really, that one's really clean good shape. man wow yeah it's just got a little a little tear there it's not even a tear it's like a scuff there's a little scuff over here but i mean the spine is in great
1: condition it's hard to find that's speaking. It, the packaging is so cheap on that yep. that you almost never see them clean
0: yeah this is the these albums it's a triple album which is basically the first three Kiss albums, all right? A little history on this, just so that you understand where we're coming from. Kiss the Originals, the first three albums came out by Kiss. They did okay. Kiss Alive came out. They they rocketed to stardom. And Neil Bogart, who owned their record label, was like, I'm going to repackage the first three albums. It was put it it out. Gene. Nah, that was Neil looking to make you money. Know? So what he did was put it in like something you'd find in a Trapper Keeper that you had in high school, <laughs> just like some sort of school folder, Right. So that's where all the albums went in. This stuff is like, I mean, look at this. This is no. not thick cardboard. It's not protective at all. But, and this is a Japanese print. Uh, this is Japanese pressing. So it's pressed by Victor, which makes really good pressings. But the other items that came with this do not differ whether it was Japanese or U.S. Number one, Kiss Army sticker. Right? The sticker is mostly in good order, except for the fact, well, it's, you know, 47 years old still on the back sheet though it's still on the back sheet not it's hanging on by a thread don't get me wrong (laughs) uh but it's still there it's still on the backing sheet uh it came with this with this booklet which is in really good shape too it gives you a little history of KISS. Now, I don't know who they thought they were marketing to, but the print on this, like my grandmother could read it from Mars. It's like so huge. <laughs> it's just like, well, we want to call it like a 16-page booklet, so let's make, the,
1: let's make the print like this big. That, that like, was Gene for sure. What if we had a larger book <laughs> and we just put more photos in it? Now,
0: here is what you normally don't find in these. Right. These are the cards. They actually Unpunched. have like... Unpunched unpunched card uh, card sheet there's perforations and everybody cut all these out put them up in their bedroom on their mirrors what have you yada 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 so uncut card sheet that's huge and then being that's japanese press it actually has all the lyrics in english and japanese a now that is that. amazing
1: that yeah. is i'm envious of that
0: so and this is, I mean, it's got extra pictures in there and stuff that you probably never seen yeah, before. Wow, that's so
1: awesome! The, did the you point get that, that in the I'm, auctions group? No, Ooh. no,
0: I did not. Um, the point I'm trying to make is with all this is that this is a complete insert album. The only thing it, well, the one thing it didn't have, it doesn't matter. It's the Japanese obi that goes on the top, which is a whole. Different but area. that does but,
1: make a difference in terms of value. It doesn't matter to a lot of people, but it does. It, it You could argue that it's not complete with without that. Yeah, but Especially I don't it care. Being the Japanese I, press.
0: Yeah, exactly. But can I? Can you find an obi? Yeah, can somebody reprint one that's fake? Yeah, yeah. I'm not selling this, so this is never going anywhere. Um, so for me, I don't care. Um, but some people do. You're right. Um, But the point is that If I didn't know that all those things Came in this I wouldn't know what I was buying So the thing to know is What comes in the albums That you're looking for Example Iron Maiden Live After Death I just got an OG of that Okay What came in that There was uh. There was an order form to buy, you know, other Iron Maiden shit. There was a, a booklet, a tour booklet that came in that. There were the inners that were printed inner sleeves, gatefold, the whole nine yards. You got to make sure that that whole thing is complete. Kiss was notorious for this. Kiss yes. did this more than they, anybody else. They you They
1: know. basically invented that game.
0: Yeah. So they, they basically said, all right, we're going to put posters and everything. We're going to put order forms and everything. We're going to put kiss army enrollment forms and everything. Uh, The kiss solo albums, those four solo albums that came in 1978, that those are some of the hardest to find complete because each one had a poster, each one had a printed inner and each one had an order form
1: that was colored to each member of the band. Not just colored, the merch was specific to each member the merch of the was band. specific
0: to each, yeah. body, each person in the band, too. Yes, absolutely. And then if you had all four posters, there were notches cut out of it so you could put all four posters together to make one gigantic poster. Which is fantastic.
1: So, Some of my favorite KISS uh, artwork that's, like, you know, drawing or whatever. It's, it's yep. fantastic.
0: Yep. So these are the things that m- mean a lot to a lot of collectors. You know, it's one thing to have love guns. It's another thing to have Love Gun with the original printed inner, with the merch form, and with the paper gun. There was a paper gun included in Love Gun. It says bang. It says bang on it. I have three different versions of Love Gun. Three. None of them have the gun. Wow. Not one. I'm still on the search. But the thing is, that'll take... A record that if it's a player copy or just a collector copy, you know, just to have in your collection, it's ten to fifteen dollars. If you find it, it's got the original internet, it's a VG plus record, that's twenty-five dollars. If you have it with the with the merch insert, well, it might make it thirty dollars. If you have it with all of it and the gun, it's a hundred dollars. Yep. Because it's that hard to find. And that's why you need to know what it is that you're buying. It's really important to know that when you're when you're doing your collection. So now there's a lot of artists that don't do that. Okay. There's a lot that don't. Most don't. Most. But there were a lot in the 70s and 80s that did.
1: You know, fan club shit was in tons of records. Pink Pink Floyd, all the classic Pink Floyd records, you know, your dark side, wish you were here, animals, all that have inserts.
0: Yep. Yep. So there's tons and tons and tons of albums. If you're looking for Dark Side of the Moon, research what it is that's in that came in the original packaging. Then you know what it is that you're looking for. That's super, super important. Um, the seven-year-old version... Oh, here we go. The seven-year-old version of me destroyed those Kiss albums back in the late 70s. I got mad at myself every time I think about it. You know what, Patrick? I did the same exact thing, man. I had all the originals. I had the gun. I had, you know... Uh, uh, what was it? I had a, a double platinum with the fake platinum record that they put in there and the yeah. kiss army form and all that. Well, guess what? I had to pay $80 to get another one, <laughs> <with> <laughs> right. it, you know? Exactly. So that that's, you know, we all kick ourselves because we all have the one that got away, whether it be an album, a woman, a guitar, it doesn't matter. We all have the one thing that got away from us that we didn't realize how much it was worth initially, but now we do. You got to sneeze,
1: don't you? Almost that you, you put on this face me <laughs> like, I muted myself because I thought it was coming, but it didn't come. <laughs> uh, great. But, yeah, these
0: are things that you all need to look for. And make sure you're doing your homework. And, really, if you're not sure, go to the record store, man. Talk to the people that work at the record store because if they're worth their salt, they will know. Yep. They'll be able to help you. You know, if you walk into a record store and there's just some kid behind the counter who's, like, 14 years old, that's probably not your record store if you walk into a record store and it's like
1: something out of high fidelity or empire records that's your record store yeah you know what's not your record store target or walmart those aren't your record stores even though all of a sudden everybody's buying records from them those aren't record stores just just saying for the record Nothing gets me more heated than that. Well, I got this at Walmart. Well, that's your fucking problem then. Yeah, look, if you buy,
0: look, there's, I don't have as big a problem with it as some others because the way I look at it, the Walmart or Target versions is just another variant. Right. That's not going to be the only copy I purchase, but it'll be the copy that's like, I just picked, speaking of Love Gun, I just picked up a Walmart version of Love Gun with tangerine. It's tangerine with blue splatter. Oh, I have it. Yeah. So. (laughs) You know, it's it's is it something that, you know, wow, I couldn't wait to get it. No, I just added it to the collection. Right. You know, it's but I'm just saying, a different don't go
1: to them looking for any information. Oh, you're not this... going to get answers. No, no. These are oh, people no. that are the, these are corporate places cashing in on the fact that people buy yeah. records and no, have the to places... ability to get variants. Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, like, in, uh, but there's but there's some that are better that do things like that, like Newberry Comics.
1: Yeah, 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 that's a, that, that's a legit record store or Amoeba, exactly. when Amoeba, Amoeba does, you know, yeah. uh, variants. Those are those are legit places that that have been doing this for decades. Exactly. So don't go to like, you know, go to
0: Target to buy, you know, clothing, go to Walmart to buy whatever you buy cereal. at Walmart, you know, cereal, or whatever. Um go to a record store to buy records. Yeah. You know, like I don't go to Costco to buy guitars. Right you know do they have them yes do they know anything about them no you know like if i need to have it restrung am i going to bring it back to costco yeah right no i'm going to go to a guitar store that so why was don't a you multi, buy
1: that was, that? A multi, that was a multi-layered thing i don't think uh i don't nobody think nobody else many... is get it no but... no but i, I appreciated <laughs> that to it that was great yeah
0: all right, now I don't know who is that. Like when you had to go to Walmart to get "Sonic Boom" by
1: Kiss. Remember, it only came out at Walmart.
0: Did it? I thought it was only through the Kiss fan club.
1: Or no, whatever. no. Well, he's referring to the release itself. The CD, um, oh, the, oh. the vinyl was only available from yeah. Kiss online, and it sat there forever. And now they're six hundred dollars a piece. No, they're eight hundred dollars a piece. Okay, they're eight hundred a piece. It's insane. But- you could have bought i remember at one point they were selling all four variants together on sale for 60 bucks and i didn't buy it
0: yeah i wish i, have I a did like yeah so do i i have i have i have a picture disc yeah you know and thankfully it sounds okay you know yeah. i've played it twice just so i can hear why i never wanted to listen to the album in the first place because that album stand is not... by my
1: side i'll be next to you that's it's some not, great lyrics paul it's not a
0: very good album uh <laughs> It's not a very good album. Um, anyway, so uh, what else should we uh, touch on with this? I know we're running long here, but I mean, what else? Like if you're shopping for albums, what I think we touched on a lot of the the broad strokes. I mean, which I'm is the most important con- things.
1: I'm checking condition. I'm looking for the inserts. You know, I that that's that's part of the hunt for me, unless it's something mm-hmm. like you said that that is just so rare that it hasn't been reissued and it's only available you know on a german press because it's from 1992 or 93 it's like then you got to take what you can get you know my my big grail that i always tell you about that i'm always looking for is voodoo highway by badlands that record came out i think in 90 or 91 and uh that would have never been even it would have never even been pressed on vinyl in the u.s you're only going to get a european copy of that and then add on to that just the rarity of it you know it's it's i mean that's a i'm pretty sure is a three to four hundred dollar record i'm I, never gonna I know find one that have them oh, oh no, i know, I know you people do.
0: that have them yep i know I absolutely you know people that have them as, VG as well as rules as well as like the firehouse three album which yeah. is another one of those it's like four and five hundred dollars or like jugulator by judas priest yep you know that's that's another one. That one came out of what ninety eight or ninety nine or something like that. I think it was ninety seven. Ninety seven. All right. What was the one that came out of the, uh, Annihilator? Demolition. Demolition. Yeah. Both yeah. of those albums, Jugulator's like going for no less than five or six hundred dollars, and um, Demolition is like three to four hundred dollars. And the thing is, Judas Priest basically disavows both of those records because Ripper Owens was a singer on them. Yep. You know, but there also weren't a lot of press records. No, they weren't, uh, but there's just not a lot of pressings of those albums no, in the no. first place because you got to think, all those albums from 91 to 2007, right? Let's go there, because in 2008 is when it started to kind of like yep, come yeah, back yeah. a little bit. Uh, it was CDs, that was it. Yep, That was all that was pressed in the US. But in Europe, they were pressed in smaller quantities because you got to think, like, parts of europe are still in the dark ages it seems (laughs) as far as technology or like they actually had record plants that stayed open
1: that and they and they were ones that were still buying new judas priest records yep you know i mean that that still mattered to the people in europe instead of the people here that were you know fired up about hansen or whatever when the new judas priest came out
0: And a lot of the best pressing plants are in Europe, like in France and Germany and Czech Republic. You know, you find really good
1: pressing plants here. They're starting to open again, which is nice. But they're backlogged to high heaven yeah but i think in the next couple of years that's going to solve itself i mean obviously you had jack open third man here in detroit yeah. and then you got vinyl me please is open in their own MoFi's mm-hmm. opening open in their own fat possums open in their own so before you know it i think that that's going to free itself up and hopefully the market sustains well hopefully the market sustains and maybe you know grows
0: grows and therefore the prices come down a little bit which would be nice but from a collector's point of view but the thing is this is just what we're dealing with so yep um you know and then you have to also ask yourself do i want the original or do i just want to listen to the fucking thing and if there's a repress and an original and the original is going to cost you 200 bucks and the repress will cost you 30 you just want to listen to the damn album buy the repress
1: it'll probably sound better yes That's what I was saying. That's what I got to a point where I'm just like, I want clean Led Zeppelin records. Yeah. That's what's important to me. Like, I love Led Zeppelin. I want to hear good Sonic fidelity Led Zeppelin so i'm gonna buy the 25 five dollar reissue that was overseen by jimmy page Mm -hmm. and sounds fucking great and yeah it probably has a digital step in it but it sounds awesome and i still have original pressing led zeppelin records because i've had them for a very long time but um they're actually hand-me-downs from my uncle but like to me There's nothing wrong with buying a new copy of Houses of the Holy. You'll meet people that that have their nose up about. Oh Well, if you don't have the original, then you don't have it. It's like that's bullshit. At the end of the day, it's about listening to music and enjoying it and experiencing the, you know, the packaging and, you know, dropping the needle on it. To me, as long as it sounds good, that's the most important thing. As long as it's sourced from the right place and it's and it's authorized by the artist eight times out of ten you're gonna get a great sounding product now there's some that don't sound good but the kiss reissues the zeppelin reissues the floyd reissues the sabbath reissues the springsteen reissues they all they all sound great so you can't go wrong and you'll save some money and like pat was talking about earlier with the with the jazz stuff if you're a jazz guy you want a great copy of love supreme buy the one that's in the record bins right now it sounds fucking great there's nothing yeah. wrong with it and you don't need to spend 1200 dollars on an original there is one asterisk
0: yes one and that is when you are buying those albums that you think is a repress and you're new to this game you may wind up with a counterfeit or bootleg version of that album. Mm -hmm. There are stores that will sell them and not tell you that it is a bootleg or a counterfeit. Now, what do I mean by that? It means that they took the CD, somebody took the CD and pressed albums off it. Yep. Okay. And they're cashing in. And they're cashing in. One great example is, again, Kiss. So... Nick, I purchased Kiss Unplugged from Nick. Really hard to get. All right. I got an OG version of it. Thank you again. It's great. That album's worth $120-some-odd, dollars somewhere in that neighborhood, $20, $125, $150, $200, depending on you know, where you're looking. I was in a store the other day, and they had three copies of it sealed on colored vinyl and... I don't know if that album ever came out on colored vinyl. They did uh, one run. They did one run. But these were not it. Yes. <laughs> because you could tell from the printing on the cover, they just scanned the cover and then printed it on cardboard. So it looked like you're buying a Nintendo game version <laughs> of the cover because <laughs> it's all pixelated and looking bad. Okay. And it was $45. And there's no way that that album is 45 dollars.
1: no not so. even the reissue that they did in 2014 is 45 dollars now now that's a yeah. hundred dollars exactly. so you're, you're absolutely right one asterisk to what you're talking about there are some records the example i'm going to use a band that i love the black crows the black crows by your side was issued on vinyl in europe in a small run 1998 since then it's never been reissued it's never been touched it's hardly ever even mentioned which is ridiculous because it's a great fucking record Mm -hmm. i have a bootleg copy of that on vinyl on blue vinyl because it's literally the only way to get it on vinyl and it was the only black crows record i was missing so i grabbed a copy i think for 30 or 35 bucks granted it is the cd on lp (laughs) and the cover Like you were just saying they scanned it they scanned it so thoroughly that the hype sticker is part of the image on the jacket
0: all right that's terrible
1: (laughs) it's awful (laughs) but at the end of the day i have by your side on vinyl so to me you win i have but like you mentioned it was a great way of saying it it's a placeholder until i can be lucky enough to find an original or until they finally get their heads out of their asses and reissue the fantastic record uh,
0: Mark noticed that Roger uh, is feeling a lot better yeah he's also pissing me off <laughs> stop it <It's> over there because <sighs> he knows when I do this because that's when he just like decides to act don't look at me go get your toy um, I really wish he could speak because uh, he would just say things like what daddy what <laughs> that would be our conversation or Roger sit me. down yeah well I don't think he would ever say that I think he's too dumb <laughs> um great so any closing remarks on that nick
1: anything to put a bow on it like you were talking about there just buy what you like and do your best to be educated make sure you're checking your condition that's the most important thing yeah um and make sure you're not getting taken advantage of but uh it's it there's a lot of great resources out there like discogs um even eBay, you know, where you can do some research to find out if what you're getting is what you want. And uh, pop psych, pop, psych's pop psych's psych. One. is Yeah, pop psych's great. The, I think that's the most important thing. But the biggest thing is don't let any snobs talk you out of buying something just exactly. because they're trying to be snobby. Don't let that happen. You know, you can
0: be your own personal snob because you have your own set of personal, like what's acceptable to you. That's that's fine. You know. You know what what your threshold is, what you're, you know what you're, how far high or low you're willing to go, but don't let somebody else define that for you. No, nope. you know? and it'll be something you all learn over time. Some of you have learned it already. Some of you are just learning it now. And those of you that are coming into it, will you make a mistake? Yes, yep, guaranteed, a hundred percent. You know, it's just like when you're riding a bike. Will you fall? Yeah. At some point, you're going to fall and you get back up, you get back on the bike and you ride again. You know, it, it will it be costly? Maybe, maybe not. You know, um, can you remedy the issue? Maybe, maybe not. But if you're smart about it, you'll minimize what those issues are and you won't have to worry about it nearly as much. So there you uh, go. really, a really one quick thing about how to clean records, because I know Mark wanted to know that there's there's like a million, Which, by different the way, ways- Mark, your
1: uh, your cleaning kits are in. The ones there you were go. asking about. I have two options for you.
0: Yeah, th- there's a million ways to skin that cat. Uh, for me, I take it from the point of if it's a particular... You, you play the record first. You listen to it, right? You know, give it a quick sweep with your with your brush, right? And you play it, and you see what kind of conditions it's in. And if it's crackling and popping more than a whole bunch of popcorn, you have issues. If it's like a light crackling here and there, like it's a static thing, you can use your anti-static gun. Or maybe give it another shot with the brush, what I like to do is I like to take two uh, microfiber cloths and lay one flat, put the record on that, and then take the other one, go with the grooves and just clean in the direction of the grooves dry. okay. And the reason why I do it dry is because you want to get all the surface dirt off and out as much as possible because if you wet it, like there's a lot of cleaners that use some sort of liquid that's based with uh, um, uh, it's a, a distilled water. Or sometimes don't use straight alcohol on it. That would that's not good actually. Uh, But like a like a cleanser with like diluted with the distilled water, which doesn't leave film or anything like that. You want to use that. The thing is, if you do that on a dirty record, what happens when you add water to dirt? It turns to mud. Yep. And you're not going to get. You don't have anything you're going to get into the grooves with. So you get out all the dirt first, the loose dirt first. And then you can use like a a, like a water based cleaner, like a distilled water cleaner to clean it off afterwards. That's that's how I do it. If it's really, really bad or if you have a large collection of dirty records, you may want to get like a motorized cleaner. That's what I have is a
1: VPI machine.
0: There you go. So, I mean, and they're not inexpensive They're Some of them are very expensive. Um, There's actually a company on Kickstarter right now doing an ultrasonic. I bought it
1: did you? Okay. I'm yeah. looking I, I'm looking forward to hear what you have to say about it because I almost considered buying it. And then yeah. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I have an actual VPI. <laughs> well, for, I, I figure
0: for $149, yeah. you know, to get a, an ultrasonic cleaner that's automatic. It does it in five to ten minutes and cleans the record. Even if it does two thirds of what it says, it'll be better than me putting it on two cloths yes. and doing that. So and
1: another great product that's affordable for people is the spin clean. I know it's seems- spin clean is great it works it, 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 To some people it seems hokey the spin clean yeah. is great it's like 80 bucks you fill it with distilled water it's got two brushes in there you put a little bit of their solution in it you you spin it clockwise and counterclockwise you sit it in a rack we used to use uh dish like dishing dish dish
0: rack yeah
1: a dish rack uh, at the shop to dry you know 20 records we put a mm. fan on it and dry them and that did the job i mean it's like you don't have to buy a 800 hundred dollar vpi machine or an ultrasonic cleaner but i do think at 150 that that machine it was worth taking a
0: chance on
1: if it's great they've completely changed the game so i hope it's i hope it's good well the thing is if it's great
0: it's the selling price normally will be 250
1: even still
0: it's still so i got the early bird you know it's still 500 dollars
1: um, cheaper than a than a vpi yeah but then uh,
0: you know at 250 if you're going to do that at 250 we'll spend 299 and get the, get the record doctor or three twenty nine, whatever they're going for. The vacuum, you know, the vacuum. That unit.
1: one's more. Don't you have to manually spin the record, though?
0: You have to. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a handle, and you manually spin the record. The thing, the reason why I didn't get that is because I don't like the fact that you have to put the solution on the record, then turn the record upside down, yeah. and spin it. Does it work? Yes. I don't like the fact that the solution is on the bottom. Now, Project makes a great one that's automatic. Everything's automatic. There's a $500 and an $800 one, mm-hmm. uh, and the $500 one is good enough for anything that I'll ever need. I didn't buy it. I'm seeing if this ultrasonic works, uh, and if it doesn't, I'm gonna get the project one. But that's where it automatically turns it, and you hit the reverse button, it'll turn it back. It's got an arm that you put over the top. That's the vacuum, vacuums it all up. You put all the water on the all the all the solution on the top of it, spread it out with a brush. That's how the VPI is. Exactly same same concept. Uh, it's loud as all get out. So yep. don't be doing it late at night because it is a vacuum unit um, but they work great. they yep. work great I mean they'll get 90 percent of are everything the, those out.
1: are the ultimate if you have the budget yeah. the vacuum cleaner is the the way to the absolutely way to be. but I figured I'd give the ultrasonic a shot first how about the turntable though that comes with it that seems it, that that can't be good at it the doesn't come point. with
0: it it's a separate purchase
1: yeah but it's like isn't it 250 for both right now for the early it bird? was
0: something like that like 289 i for mean both how or could,
1: i feel like how and it's got speakers turntab- built into it but yeah, i mean if you're a
0: hobbyist good. if you're a hobbyist you know and you're just if looking you're a hobbyist,
1: for you're probably not buying an ultrasonic cleaner
0: yeah i i agree that's why i didn't even think about it You know, I didn't even think about that. It seems
1: like they're hitting their market and then missing their market, (laughs) in my opinion. But
0: yeah, I I don't I didn't understand that, to be honest with you. But I figured, you know, if they're in development, if you're making one item, you could probably make two items and make them cheaper for both. And, you know, I, I don't know either way i'm still waiting to see you know that'll come in maybe december maybe i don't believe anything kickstarter coming when they say it's going to come because they always say it's going to be december 2022 and it comes like 14 months later yeah so
1: november 2024
0: yeah exactly (laughs) um anyway what were you you were texting oh wow look at you jesus jerk i hate you just read your text You know what Nick's
1: discogs collection is worth? Fourteen million dollars. $14, yeah, right. Fourteen million dollars. It's unreal. If it, if it was, I wouldn't be sitting here. No, actually, no. You'd that's still not keep the I... damn
0: catalog. You'd rather keep the records and sell them. That's true. <laughs> anyway, oh, to Mark's point, I'm going to have to vehemently disagree.
1: No, most, most people, people don't do not. have
0: a good record player. No, Mark.
1: Like Mark came in and bought a music hall from me which is a great entry-level mid-level turntable like they make great components even even their entry-level thing and i'm not saying it like it's a squire it's an entry-level thing in the way of that you get a nice audio technica cartridge a nice bass speed control 45 33 all that like he bought a a us1 which is a great turntable for the money and i think what was it mark was it like two was it like 200 bucks i think i can't remember the price there's That's a r- lot of quality turntables at that price i mean you could find price. something good exactly you know? but people that are buying briefcase turntables again from target and walmart crocs uh, crossley Crosley, and yeah no don't play don't your do records that. on that yeah. dude the, there's if look closely there's not even a needle on those things it's a piece of copper wire that's digging into your records. Don't buy yeah. those. You're Spend a damage. little extra money and get a get a real turntable. Yep. Don't exactly. buy that. Look
0: look at look at companies like U Turn, Project, Fluence. The, these are you could find like their entry level. You know uh, what was the other one? Um, uh, Riga. You yep. Know, Riga. Music Hall is another one. Music Hall. Yeah, There's a
1: Ooh. lot of great turntables in like the two to six hundred dollar range. I think um, it can be summed up where you don't don't buy a turntable where you buy cans of ravioli and don't buy yeah. a turntable where you also buy books. Yeah. Sorry. No, un- unless it's unless it's, you know, like guitar books. Yeah. Unless it's like a yeah. If yeah, exactly. If it's amoeba that's a different story. But that's yeah. not who I'm referring to.
0: And really, uh, to be honest, no offense to, to you or anybody else, but buying a a turntable from a record store may not also be the best thing because they're probably going to have a limited selection because they sell records. Now, Nick is a little bit different because he's multi-purpose in his store. So he'll probably have a better selection than a lot of other record stores. But if you go to like a true, you know, audiophile shop, they'll have low end and high end. And, yes. um, you know, so I would I would encourage there's an amazing
1: store here in ann arbor and i always forget the name of it but i'm talking you can go there and demo a twelve thousand dollar turntable you can bring you want to hear a mofi record sound good (laughs) mark you want to hear that alan parsons really blow your mind take it over to that store and have them throw it on a turntable over there and then pick your jaw up off the floor
0: and (laughs) your credit cards
1: and your credit cards because yeah (laughs) you will need to remortgage your house to buy whatever they have exactly there's there's a time and place for all of that.
0: Speaking of credit cards, I had to yell at Roger again. He got to my wallet once oh, again, man. Man. and he was eating, he was eating my 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 debit card, which now has like puncture holes in it. Like, like I'm gonna have to get a new card. You're such an asshole. Like this is the this is my strip now. It's all. Dick. <laughs> I love my dog. All right. So that's it for the uh, vinyl, uh, vinyl buyer's guide, whatever you want to call it, information personified. Uh, this is the only time you'll probably not hear Nick and I argue.
1: Yeah, we're pretty <laughs> on the same page on this one. Yeah.
0: So, But now we are going to argue because we're coming up to our last two segments, and then we're going to go, by the way, if you like this episode, and this is your first time here, hit like, hit subscribe. We hit 50 subscribers. All right. That's a metric. When we hit 100, we'll do a giveaway. So tell all your friends. Um, 50 people to tell one person. To
1: do a giveaway.
0: Damn right. I'm not doing a giveaway until we hit triple digits. No way. Uh, and also a reminder, next week we're going to have, uh, it's going to be our pop, our, our power pop band roundup, and we're going to have the band Fuzz Bubble on with us. Uh, and they are awesome, and they are reuniting to do some shows, opening up uh, for Last in Line and Zebra in Long Island. Uh, and it's going to be pretty awesome as they pay tribute to their uh to their bass player who uh who lost his life a couple of, about a year or so ago so uh that's gonna be a great episode uh but for now we need to talk about discovered and this song sucks so i have a cover i have a cover i have a cover you want to hear what my cover is yeah you go first this time okay i'm gonna go first um radiohead I love Radiohead. A lot of people don't. I love like Radiohead. Uh, there's a song on the bends called Just. Yeah. And it kicks all sorts of ass. But something else that kicks all sorts of ass, Mark Ronson actually did a cover of that. <laughs> And it sounds amazing. It's like, imagine, like, what's that song you did with the Bruno, uh, Bruno Mars? Uh, yeah, Uptown uh, down, Funk. Uh, Uptown Funk. It's got, like, an Uptown Funk kind of feel to it. It's like that same jazzy, funky kind of feel to it in that song. It's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. Wow. It's really, really good. Uh, it's more of that smooth kind of, you know, smooth thing, whereas, like, the Radiohead version is kind of like Blunt Force Trauma. That's like one of Radiohead's heaviest songs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and Mark Ronson took it and did his Mark Ronson-y thing to it. And it sounds absolutely amazing. I encourage everybody to check that one out. It is a really, really cool cover tune. So I do I like check it more? That out for sure. Do I like it more? No, I like it as much. Because I really love just. <laughs> just is great. But I, I gotta tell you, like when I love a song that much. And somebody does a cover of it that I'm not going. Bleh. It's like, oh wow, oh, oh, okay. So yeah,
1: definitely check that out. Hundred percent. Awesome, Nick. This came up on uh, on shuffle the other day when I was driving, and I for I forgot about it about what a great cover it is, and I can't remember what it was the B side of, um, but Iron Maiden did a fantastic cover of i've got the fire by montrose oh wow yep from the second montrose album paper money which is it's not as good as the first montrose record but it it, but it is awesome um still with sammy singing um but this uh, this has dickinson on vocals i'm pretty sure it's early it's like before cross-eyed mary cover which was the b-side of the trooper i believe so this is prior to that so this is like 82 83 crank version, pretty true to the original but i mean i'm always gonna vote to hear bruce dickinson sing over sammy hagar so i'm gonna say i like it more there you go but it, it but look it up it's a great cover and the mantra song is fucking awesome too if you're not familiar well mantras is pretty badass i actually
0: for next week i actually have it's actually a mantra song that i'm picking as as a cover as well but by a really? completely different band so um but anyway, so we've done discovered. You know what that means.
1: I do know what that means.
0: It is time. It is time for this song sucks. It sucks. It sucks.
1: It's still funny. I don't think it'll ever (laughs) not be funny. One more time. (laughs) Yeah. Is is (laughs) Carl McCartney still watching? He, He always says that's his favorite part of the show. I can understand why. I'm really proud of that i am exceedingly proud of that
0: all right we are in for two hours and 10 minutes now yeah this is the (sighs) longest one don't
1: ever put this on me ever again
0: no (laughs) put it on you what are you talking about
1: i because a couple weeks ago wasn't it my fault we ran long with the drummers well you you had nine billion drummers but but this was different
0: because and everybody stuck around thank you all for sticking around a lot of you stuck around here so but it was educational um so, uh, anyway, this song sucks. Nick, you're up first. Oh, I'm going first.
1: Yeah, we do the flip-flop. You know that. Okay. Um, Unless you want me to go. For, I'll go first. No, I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. This is like how you are about the police and Mother. How You're just like, how did this even make it onto a record? It shouldn't have. I was listening to... I actually heard Mother yesterday, and I instantly oh my God. thought about you because we were playing <laughs> Synchronicity in the store, and I was like, yeah, this is not good. Especially, it's not especially considering the context of being on synchronicity which is just loaded with you know giant hits and masterpieces and then and that's then just that. in the middle yeah yeah like Sting's like this is what happens when i let you write a song yeah right <laughs> all that did was prove why sting needed to get away from those jesus christ so, uh, mad. so i was listening to uh cream the other day and i forgot about this And you know i always love to bag on clapton because i'm Mm. just i just don't like him sorry (laughs) nothing against his guitar playing but no and he played in detroit last week i almost went i was considering going because it is eric clapton right i mean he is a legend he redefined the instrument and i said to rachel hey do you want to go see clapton and she said with all the shit you talk about eric clapton now you're gonna go see him and then and then gall mccartney reminded me that we we might unfortunately have to hear before you accuse me if we go so take I, a look at yourself so i chose not to go i said that's a valid point anyways i was listening to cream the other day and this song came up and most people forget that this even exists and they should and that's pressed rat and warthog by cream which is so essentially, bad it's essentially ginger baker telling a children's story and it's terrible yeah it goes nowhere over i don't even think it's cream playing it can't be it sounds like it
0: is but it's just terrible
1: it's awful i don't know how that ended up i think it's on yeah it's on wheels of fire i do which is such a great album i don't know how it's possible that that ended up on there but it's fresh rat
0: and warthog
1: uh, closed, closed down, down the shop. shop they, they didn't, didn't want, want to see
0: we know it Twas all I got.
1: Yeah, but it's it's very bad, and if you're unfamiliar, I really that had to be like Ginger Baker for those that have seen Beware of Mr. Baker. That had to be like Ginger Baker threatening to hit Jack Bruce and Eric Clapton with his cane if they didn't put it on the album.
0: I mean the next two lines of this song, I'm looking at the lyrics because I didn't remember all of them, but like selling atonal apples amplified heat and Press Rat's collection of dog legs and feet. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's it's awful. It's it's not good. Um, and I I agree with you one billion percent on that, uh, because the minute you said Cream, I'm like, if he doesn't say Press Rat and Warlock, <laughs> because it's hard to argue with most of the catalog by Cream. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, most of it's really really.
1: That's great. Clapton's finest moment. Yeah, for sure. exa- Well, I Bat mean and Derek it, it, and the Dominoes.
0: Yeah. So, it's it's a tie. Actually, Blind Faith stuff is really good. It's too. certainly not <laughs> <Like> pretending. Anything, <laughs> no, anything no. Anything from 67 <laughs> to like 72. Yeah. yeah that that's that 5-year
1: period well, I guess was like genius with, you, genius. If you're going to give him that. Go back to 65 and give him the blues breakers. Nah, I won't. I think you should. But yeah, after that, after that, like I said, it's definitely not pretending or forever man or or uh it's in the way that you use it. I like that one. I don't care oh, what you come say. Come on, that I song just is stop absolute trash. I still like it.
0: I still like it. I still like
1: it. I
0: I like the color of money. It's a great movie, and that was a song for me. I like it. You taste again squarely in your mouth, but I will give you Press Rat and Warthog billion times over. That all one right. sucks. That's song. It's, sucks. it's awful. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, since I I got my my Grail, I got Roll the Bones, one of the Grails. Uh, I have three more to go. Um, Test for Echo, uh, Snakes and Arrows, and I need feedback too.
1: I think so, I have all three of those right now. I'll buy them all for a hundred bucks. Yeah. No. Try a thousand. Uh, I hate you. Um,
0: <laughs> I also got Presto, not recently, but I I got a really like really nice copy, hype sticker, uh, in the with the shrink, like still in the shrink, um, OG copy, mint, like near near mint.
1: That's got to be their worst record.
0: I don't think it's their worst. I think Hold Your Fire is their worst record. Really? Yeah, Hold Your Even Fire with is terrible. Mission? Mission's not on... Mission's Mission's on on, Hold Your Fire? No, it's not. Mission's on... uh, Wait, I'm sorry. No, Mission's on... I thought you were saying Mission was on Presto. No, no, Hold Your Fire. Yeah, okay. That's why... Another reason why I hate that album. (laughs) I like Force 10 and Time Stand Still and Turn the Page. And Everything else is terrible because Tai Shan is on that album. So... Yeah, that's right. That just nullifies everything. And it's just all keyboard. Whereas Presto was sort of like the turning... Presto was like... Presto was like, um, attack of the clones. It was like Russia's attack of the clones, you know, like the, the, the you know, from star Trek, the star Wars the second movie in the one through nine chronology. Right. Because that movie was okay. And it sort of needed happen to bridge to three and then into a new hope and so on and so forth going forward. So Presto is okay. Uh, because there's, fewer keyboards there's more rock guitar oriented songs it's just poorly produced uh sonically it's very very brittle uh but a lot of the songs are upbeat and i kind of dig it so anyway um from that album from presto there is a really shitty song called the pass um that 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 it's a it's like a half ballad uh it's like I I picture Neil Peart like sitting in a meadow leaning up against a tree with like a blade of grass coming out of his mouth with like a mint julep looking back on his life and writing these shitty lyrics. Proud swagger out of the schoolyard waiting for the world's applause. Rebel without a conscience. Martyr without a cause. Like. What does that mean? Who are you? And the music itself is just fairly boring it's you know it it, there's no there's there's no it's not rush i don't know what it is it's like elton john could have sang that song and it would have been more appropriate so that's mine this song sucks i'm just saying and you know for the cheap seats
1: fuck you that's it then
0: i agree that's it we that are song we suck. are so done that song sucks uh but that that intro does not suck i really have to do one for dis- discovered i still haven't done one i really need to do one but anyway that's all we got for today folks um we are going to be back next week. Again, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have, where'd it go? We're going to have fuzz bubble with us, uh, which means that I need to start this. Our, our outro, outro background music. Uh, thanks again for watching. My name is Mike. That is Nick. Nick, what store do you own? Rock city music company. And where can we find you? Rock city Awesome sauce. And go and buy everything from Nick. He's going to give you, free drum kit with every album purchased wait did i get that wrong <laughs> you
1: got that wrong oh, why right. gonna foot the bill if we're giving away free drum kits
0: i'm not footing nothing I, my, my foot will be in your ass that's about it so uh, but anyway we'll be back next week thank you all again tell a friend like let's get this let's get this to 100 subscribers so i can at least feel like we're getting some traction here we're having more people watch every week we really appreciate you watching so thanks again uh, and, uh, if there's anything that you want info at cover to covered.com does work. I haven't looked at it in two weeks cause I've been away, but, uh, just make sure that you send any topics that you want to hear about. I know Patrick, Patrick is all good for a rush episode. I know he's waiting. Oh wait, I have this on a loop.
1: Stop it. Oh no. All Maybe right, we'll stop. do rush after the power pop episode. That would be, yeah, I think we could do that. That's pretty much the antithesis of power pop. Yes, it's power (laughs) (laughs) prog. So
0: again, thank you all for watching and we'll uh, we'll catch you next time. Enjoy and have a lovely evening. Bye bye. Bye bye.